Hello and welcome to the final episode of Token Games Podcast for the year. We're not quitting this shit. We're just doing the final one for the year. I'm your host and longtime X-Men fan, your friendly neighborhood Zach Stat Pearson, fan of X-Men for these old school fans who know who that character is. And of course, I'm joined by the three who would be kings. First and foremost, one of our newcomers. So literally, here comes a new challenger. Hailing from a state I don't remember because I fucking forgot two years ago. Yet another friend from my militaristic past. We have King joining us on his first official podcast episode. Everyone. <laughs> Thought he was going to say something a little bit more dramatic, but okay. And of course, we have the leader of the school of gifted people. A one, the Hunst, the leader of the Tono Institute, a one James Tono himself. Good afternoon, folks. How are you guys doing? <laughs> Surprisingly normal again. And last but not least, he who has been missing for at least four months worth of episodes even though he could have easily been booked for them. That which resides in darkness, the Wakandan ambassador to the United States military himself, Romulus. We stay in the smoke. We stay being out here. What's going on? Okay. So as all of you are aware, um, it is the blackest Friday of the year. And to that, I say happy hunting for shit. That being said, let's just get into the, the real meat and potatoes off the bat because we could be here all day talking about this shit. So, number one, the X-Men cartoon show from the Saturday morning era of the 90s. Yes, the show that literally has one of the highest ratings that, can, that has ever been given to an animated TV show in North America is returning. Disney Plus. But they're not calling it X-Men 92 like the comic book, which is based off those characters. They're calling it X-Men 97. Theoretically, it's literally going to pick up right where the cartoon ended. And for those who aren't aware, and this is an incomplete story, so don't ask me. Hopefully it's on Google somewhere. Maybe someone can find it because I've only heard he say, he say, she say rumors. But... If you don't remember the final season, it's okay. It pains me too to think about it. The final season was only six episodes. Because for one thing, literally no one was told that it was going to stop early. So instead of going through their normal plot like they do in every single season, they literally just ended it with Xavier catching a disease that may only be curable by the Shi'ar Empire and being put into a form of stasis and flying off into space. Literally, that's it. And then four or five years later, we got X-Men Evolution, which is completely unrelated. So, yeah, unfortunately, that's how one of the greatest cartoons that North America has ever produced was ended. And yes, it is bullshit. However, They've decided to continue it under the title X-Men 97. We don't know who all is going to return. 
And we don't know who's going to replace the deceased people who voice characters. Which, if my memory serves, we've lost about three actors and a combined total of several characters that they played. So I don't know how this is going to go. And before anyone asks, no, Wolverine is still alive. Now, I'm just going to call out the topics real quick. Uh, first off, holy shit. What kind of animation style do you want them to use now? Number two, what Marvel characters do you want them to add in the show? Not necessarily X-Men. You can put an X-Men or you can put in any random character, any Marvel character. Number three, what are some X-Men you want to see debut in the show as an X-Men that have never been seen in animated format or were never in the show originally? Number four, who's your favorite character besides Wolverine? Because everyone will say Wolverine. Number eight, what are some things you want them to change or add? And if we blow through that, which I don't foresee us doing, I'm going to add the bonus question of, I'm going to just add a bonus question. I'll make it a surprise. Yeah, I like catching people off guard. Okay. So, um, fucking, I'd like to say our established order is what we're going to be using, but hey, it's, it's our end of the year shit. So, you know how we do with the end of the year stuff. We don't necessarily play by traditional rules. So, I'm going to just say this. Here's what's going to happen. We're going to go back to year one, as chaotic as that was. Everybody's going to answer one question, and then the next person is going to answer that one question, and the next person, and the next person. And since you came last, you're going first. James. Okay, because I'm barely barely seen pretty much what happened. So what animation that I want them to have? Animation style. Animation style. And if you need a reference on what it used to look like, head into the pick dump section. Okay. That's what we think. I mean, you gotta give the, the, the original team credit for like the limitations of the animation they had at that time and like what they're oh no i i totally do we might even talk about that later they got fucked over in so many ways they had to hire a whole nother company to help them make episodes based on how many episodes fox demanded at the speed that they demanded it then that wasn't good enough so they had to get another one so even though one studio was supposed to be animating the show Three studios did because they wanted episodes all the fucking time. They did a phenomenal job because, I mean, that, that art style is like ashy before ashy was ashy. And yet, like, they knew the limitations of that animation. They just go, they just went with it. And they made that shit work. They made that shit look nice. Yeah, you know, Fox don't want to pay for a, a Japanese or a South Korean studio. So we, we basically got, at the time, what could have been considered damn near cutting edge in case of in uh, the form of uh, artistic comic book animation because well uh what was it superman and batman only get 15 or 20 episodes a year x-men had to have like 40 
but they only aired, uh, I think 30 or 25 to 30 in a year. So literally those studios were like animating year round, but Batman people got to take a break. Justice League people got to take a break. So people like to say that DC has better animation, but they really don't. DC just has better control and understanding and they're not trying to be as money grubby with it. Because first off, DC, they ain't they they not using North American animators in a long ass time. Like uh Batman, the animated series was animated in mostly Korea and parts of I think um Europe. Justice League Unlimited and Young Justice totally South Korean. Hell, the Boondocks, South Korean. Lee Sean just did key animation and character design. Lee Sean Thomas, for those who are curious why his name always came up in the credits. So, realistically, I think this is one of the last times North American animation was treated with respect outside of maybe Invader Zim, but what did they do? They canceled Invader Zim because, oh, it costs too much to develop, despite it being literally still to this day one of their most popular cartoons. And he does a Netflix movie. I liked it. It was good. But yeah, continue. Well, yeah, I would like to have the them to have the first image to be their animation. Why? Because I feel... No, I feel used to that particular art style when I was a kid. But beyond that, I could just say it's all I, all I wanted out of it. If they can, you know, just provide it for me. If or for everyone, not me included, though. People have their different tastes. Okay. All right, King, what about you? Man, there's just so many, there's like so many animation styles nowadays. And I just I feel like keeping things simple and not trying to go over the top with things is is always a good thing, especially for a mass run or superhero movie. Cause you know, we've all, I think we've all seen in animation, like what large budgets do to, uh, to kind of like how they visualize things and how you look at what's going on the screen. Um, I mean, how many of y'all seen, seen Dragon Ball super? We all pretty much watch it. I mean, it was entertaining, but as soon as you start adding all these, like, flashy, cool things, like, your power scaling ability goes out the window. And it's unnecessary, because, I mean, oh, like, OG Dragon Ball Z was, like, that was king. Like, that was that was a thing to watch. And, you know, like I was saying about the original X-Men, uh, you know, they had very, very specific limitations to the animations they could do, how crazy they could get and like you're saying with the the amount of turnover rate of like episodes but like it was always quality um and and it looked good for what they're using with the animation so i just i want to see them try to stick some level of true to that like yeah updated animations are going to be cool 
seeing these characters fleshed out in a better animation style, but not getting so lost in like the flashy lights um, to like take away from like the actual quality that are these characters' powers and what they do and stuff. Um, that's, that's all I'd, see. I'd like to see out the animation. It's just kind of like not trying to get it too flashy with it and just you know keep it keep it to the baseline keep it something like where it seems realistic to the universe okay um see if you can max out the volume on your mic by the way all right romulus how about you Sure, I got the bougie steaks thing because I had like three different things I had in mind. Because oh, there's I do no wrong like, answers here, homie. Because firstly, I do like it, that original style because that just hits home. The simple hand-drawn designs really added to their overall character, and it gave them very fluffy hair. But I also really love the Wolverine <laughs> and X-Men designs that they did during the Nicktoons run of stuff to add a more serious and grit look granted a lot of the power shown i didn't really like but i would really love a justice league unlimited animation run because that was just peak superhero animation for me clean simple jawline and everything is everything was prominent enough to what you were looking for when people are fighting shooting lasers flying around Nothing too extravagant, but it was extravagant enough to really keep me in, especially showing different feats of speech, strength, and other things like that. <laughs> That's it for you? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Well... I've got a really, really nice answer that everybody's going to love because as per usual, I got some layered tier shit going on. First and foremost, as we all know, there is no one set style in the world of comic books. There is only what did Marvel pay to have done at that point in time at that point, right? And what artists did it. Because the way comic books are, they have two types of artwork primarily. There's cover art which is literally the front page of the comic book, the cover page. And we have the inside, the extremely technical shit, the stuff that everyone and their mom is going to, you know, read. So yeah, what you see on the front of a comic book, it's really just a poster. You being used as a front page. Now, I'm not going to sit up here in line and say I know every single fucking artist that has ever made anything for the Marvel Comics world, especially the X-Men. Once you make it to write and write in an X-Men book, you pretty much, you've made it in the shade as far as comic book uh, cover illustrations go. If you get to X-Men uh, caliber, best believe that fucking people will be knocking on your door. But... There are some unique things that happen too, because a lot of artists, they didn't grow up with the comic book. Some of them grew up with the actual stories like we did. 
Now, if you'll all take a quick trip over to the pick dump section. Boom. This is a comic book series, a limited series that they made back in 2015 and 16. It's called X-Men 92. And we all know why they're called that. It is literally an X-Men story made by Marvel that specifically features James go to push to talk that specifically features the Saturday morning cast in their Saturday morning outfits. But as you can see, if you look at how they're drawn visually, their faces have been moderately updated, but a lot of the things still say the same. Now the artist for this is that's the writer. Oh yeah. The, the illustrator is Alti Firm. Fermancia. Yeah, I don't know how to say that fucking name, and I'm not going to pretend that I do. But Alti Fermancia has been making shit uh, as far as cover art and internals for Marvel, you know, since 2015 going forward. But the fact they were able to take this style and make it look as good as it did, that old 90s type style, I appreciate. That's my first style choice. Someone who can basically update the way the characters look and feel. Now, my second choice, again, if you'll stay with me in the, uh, whatchamacallit, in the uh, pick, pick dump section, uh, comes from the artist, the cover artist of X-Men number one, Duderman, the Duderman variant. And no, I don't know if that's how you say this mug's name, but here's a link to it. Yeah, I definitely like the idea of like like updating graphics like for the time like and th these art styles always good but I always got to remember with like difference between like cover art and what's actually inside the comic is always going to be yeah that top so now if you get an entire week on one page to make it look really nice you get a whole week to work on that really nice page but when you're trying to you know trying to turn out you know different scenes yeah they spend half a year before each issue is released. Every single Marvel comic takes six months from production to publication. Uh, at least last time I talked to an editor-in-chief. I spoke to quite a few editor-in-chiefs of Marvel. All right, so this artist's name, um, like I said, I'm not sure if I'm saying it right, is Duderman and uh, oh, Russell D Duderman or Dodderman. Yes, his last name is Dodderman, I think. Here's the thing about, here's why this image looks so special to me. Look at how many decades and years and eras of Gene Gray this man has drawn. He's drawn Marvel Girl from the 60s and he went all the way to 2020 or 2019. He's drawn multiple versions of Gene Gray from multiple eras and look how good they look. He didn't even change their outfit. If anything, I would say maybe he made her a little too small in the upper chesticle area. But to be fair, I don't judge the quality of my Jean Grey by her titties. So that's a moot point as far as I'm concerned. But if you're going to draw somebody in different eras of their life in different decades, hey, bodies change just like minds do. But again, digressing. If you look at this, especially at the link I give you, if you scroll over the artwork, you can roll over and it'll zoom in so you can see details. Bro, this person... Their knowledge and their level of detail they were able to do for these outfits 
shows me that they have a level of detail that could be synonymous with the term key animator. Now, for those who don't know what a key animator is, long story short, they're the person who likes, who does references or who handles certain parts that need to have a high level of detail for the other animators to base their stuff around. So the guy you have animating a punch is not going to have the same level of detail and have the same level of quality and uh, animation checking and quality assurance checking as the person who has to do an entire fight sequence that's supposed to run for five minutes with no talking. Key animators are the lifeblood of the animation industry. And this uh, Russell Dodderman looks like he could be a key animator one day. However, this is coming from a guy who does not know how technical the job of a key animator is. And it, I do know it's extremely technical though. Like one day of work for a key animator could be as little as like as little as two to three pages of work. So I know they do a lot of shit. But yeah, that's just one person. And note that he made sure that there's proper shadows on the nose. And also the eye positioning and eyebrows are differentiated depending on which version of Jean Grey you're looking at. Although, don't get me wrong, there's obviously a little bit of copy-pasting going on from time to time. And the final style, let me see if I can pull it up. Now this one, I don't know if you guys know about it, but... Oh, well, I, we know King don't know about it. Say, King, did we ever tell you the tale of the legendary opening animation of X-Men in Japan? No. Oh, you in for a treat. Nobody spoil it for him. Let me get ready. You're sitting down, right? I am. I am sitting down. Okay, good. X-Men, Japanese... So, in the 90s, the X-Men were animated with extremely high details and they had exaggerated features, but they were look, meant to look like the peak, and I do stress the term, the peak of physical prowess and occasionally look like some celebrities. For instance, uh, Gambit looked like fucking Clint Eastwood for some reason. But yes, feast your eyes on this. Yes, your audio's good. It was never bad. It was just... You sounded like you were really far away from the mic. Feast your eyes on this link I'm dropping in the pig dump. Put it on mute when you watch it. That's the intro to the exact same show. These guys animated the characters in this intro literally how the comic books looked in the 90s. That's so fucking beautiful. But they didn't make the show look like that. Damn. I know, right? That would cost too much. Well, no, no, no. It wouldn't cost too much. They didn't want to pay it. Bro, listen. Fox made hundreds of millions of dollars off of X-Men. They could afford it. They didn't want to. Fox, I, I did find out, dude, I did find out reason why Saban, Haim Saban and Shuki Levy, Levy made billions of dollars off of Power Rangers. They could have paid to have every episode have movie quality production, but they go out of their way to try to spend as little money as possible and make back as much profit as possible. The North American Power Rangers show are primarily only filmed in New Zealand and the actor's pay rate is locked at like 50,000 per season. 
Like some crazy shit like that. I just want to point you all to uh, 304 on the uh, the video you sent me. I'm scared to look at it. Oh, I do have that answer for you, though, on why the uh, the 90s X-Men was canceled. Oh, shit. Well, hold on. Let me sit down first. Like It's like... It's like 304 on the video. Yeah, I saw it. Storm in a bikini. Oh, I'm sorry, tactical. But as you can see, those are their reference images that they use to design the characters because that's how they looked in the 90s. Do I want the characters to be extremely overbulked like that? No. But if you can tone down the muscle and keep that same facial structure and the way they're drawn, bro, I would watch that till I die. No, that, that, that animation style is like, that would be nice to see, like, a remake of the X-Men or even, like, a redone of the original ones. Like, that that, that quality, that anime style is quality. Like, that is straight quality for the X-Men. Like, that looked nice. Yeah, so what happened exactly? So, um, off of the, uh, the Marvel, the fandom wiki, what apparently happened is Fox canceled the X-Men series because they didn't like that Marvel Studios was controlling their most popular animated series. So... Fox was like, yo, Marvel, you're doing too good for us, and we don't like that, like, you're monopolizing our product, so we're going to cancel you and Spider-Man. Well, fuck them. (laughs) Wait, 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 these companies are making you a shit ton of money, and you're like, nah, you're making us too much money, you're taking over, get out, go away. (laughs) And now you know why I don't trust big corporations that involve any form of my childhood because nine times out of 10, the shit that we like is only gone because literally somebody just didn't like the fact that they couldn't get more. They had to share their money. Jason Trini, eventually Billy and Kimberly and Zach left because They were making billions of dollars and they didn't want to even pay them barely 50,000 a year. And on top of it, every other thing they would have them appear for in between the seasons, they didn't want them to get paid what they were owed. They were literally household names in under six months. Do you know how hard that is to do in the nineties? I didn't have Facebook. (laughs) Okay, that that's a good one. But and that's and that's what sucked like and be thankful you're just watching this shit now because let me tell you, and I think I speak for everyone here when I say this, when you were a child, you never find out why things ended. You don't. Basically, yep. until VH1 documentaries came out, you didn't know why anything ended. It just did. And if they talked about it on a talk show, well guess what? Your ass is in school or you're asleep. So you still miss it. These guys couldn't even get, they never even really did North American interviews. As popular as they were, they never did North American interviews. A lot of people don't even know that almost everybody in the show is Canadian. Yeah, even good old Rogue, the definition of a Southern country girl, Canadian and an ex-politician. Didn't know the ex-politician bit, huh? 100% pure distilled Canadian Caucasian import. So it really hurt because 
uh, a whole summer goes by, no X-Men. So you think they're going to start in the winter. You get X-Men toys for Christmas. Here comes February, no X-Men. They actually had to make a statement saying the show was canceled because kids were asking about it. And there was no way for us to find out shit. And it really does hurt my soul. It really does. Because if you even look up all the reference art and material and most of the game versions of all these characters, a lot of them will always have an X-Men 92 themed outfit or a flat out X-Men 92 outfit. Straight up. But man. Oh, that that's so stupid. Thank you for telling me. I appreciate getting an answer, but man, that, that just hurt. It's like the same issue that we've been having with like all all these these films like between Marvel and Fox and the who has rights to what and you know Oh yeah, that was like some Fox, petty shit Fox, too. Yeah, Fox will be on to yeah. whatever little bit they can at all times. I mean like the level of Spider Man debate that keeps coming out like well We'll just we'll just not sell you Spider Man rights again, and we'll just we'll just cancel your new show, like bro. Yeah, they actually released a book explaining all that shit with Spider Man now. Okay, so, um, Amy Grant is in charge of the Spider Man license for the most part. Amy Grant's a fucking asshole. Um, so when they were having a deal with Kevin Feige, she threw a sandwich at him because he didn't want to be involved in the shit she was trying to do at all. And as we all know. Spider-Man 3 was a, a sandwich. Yeah. Spider-Man 3 was a wholehearted fucking disaster because literally exactly what we all know what happened did happen, which is, oh no, this thing is doing extremely well. Well, let's fuck it up by having a corporate executive fuck it up and decide they know the right thing to do. So we got two extra villains added for the movie when production had wrapped and Sam Raimi got forced to put them in and the movie came out to be, you know, uh, discombobulated mess because they wanted to eventually sell a venom fucking marketing campaign for a tv show or a movie or sell merchandise i'm not even joking this is this is the shit that fucked it up basically spider-man 3 and iron man 3 had the same damn problem too many people who don't do anything with film making demands to the people who control the film so the movie came out as garbage so unnecessary to like be adding like like i get that that um, I get that they're trying to hold on against the world that is now Disney and they're trying to keep their company alive. Oh, and this is before them. That's the scary part. Like, Sony does not need Spider-Man to make money. Spider-Man helps, though, obviously. But at the same time, you know, uh, Kevin, I I don't really don't think he likes Amy Grant, but he's hiding it because he knows if he says the wrong thing, her little, her fucked up ass will just kill off the a chance to get Spider-Man completely. Because remember, after this is over, one, they still have the lawsuit with uh, the estate of Steve Ditko, the co-creator of Spider-Man, and also the creator of Doctor Strange. Um, but uh, Marvel has no plans to revive their contract. So if Spider-Man shows up, it'll be a situation of He's showing up specifically for that one movie in that instance. But there probably won't be any more full-on Spider-Man movies unless literally Disney buys back Spider-Man. But here's the problem. 
It's not that they can't afford Spider-Man. Sony doesn't want to sell the rights. Which is ironic. Because who owns Spider-Man? Marvel. Who has the ability to use Spider-Man in public broadcast and movies and cartoons? Sony. Yeah. You see see how weird that is? Yeah. (laughs) And Amy Grant doesn't help shit because Amy Grant is... Amy, I don't, I'm not going to say she's, she's Kathleen Kennedy. Cause that's, as far as I'm concerned, that's worse than calling somebody a cunt at this point. But Oof. I know, and, and I, I know that those types of jokes don't usually land well, but here's what I'm saying. If you know, I'm joking. Why are you acting like I'm being serious? And the fact that I've had to say that so many times in the past three years is a bit annoying, but that's another matter. But Amy Grant is what I like to call a delusional person when it comes to, you know, well, literally anything and everything involved in her own career. I don't know if y'all have met enough, a lot of rich people or anything, but one of the first things I noticed is that some people who become rich or who were born rich, they're extremely confident in saying stupid shit, but it's still stupid shit. Amy Grant wanted Kevin Feige to have her, his group of people cross over with very, very terribly done Tom, uh, uh, Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man, uh, characters and setup. Kevin didn't want shit to do with that because he saw Spider-Man three. He saw the Sinister Six movie and he knew it was trash, but it's not even that. He basically didn't even say that. He said, Hey, something along the lines of, Hey, we have our own stories that we're telling We don't want to use your Spider-Man. We're not trying to do anything with him. He's fine doing whatever you want to do with him. We're trying to say, can we make a Spider-Man who can fit into this canon? We want to make our own. How much for that? And she started cursing him out, yelling him, told him to get out the office and threw a sandwich at him. Wow, what the fuck? And then apparently at some point in time, she realized, oh, all of this shit is garbage. Or the higher up said, oh, well, uh, you're not making Spider-Man anything anymore. If you can't get it to sell and maybe she had to reluctantly go back and say, Hey, can we work something out? I don't know, but that's essentially what it was. Yes. That is a paraphrase. I am not going to lie, but you got to understand. I read it last week and the whole entire book that it's in hasn't been delivered to me yet, but that excerpt is online and has been made available to the public. However, Kevin Feige did not confirm that a sandwich was thrown at him because, well, for one thing, he walked out the door. Supposedly, he just heard something hit the door while he after he had closed it. But no, yeah, no, um, just ride the cash cow. That is Disney. Just be like, oh, oh, you want to use Spider-Man? Okay, here's the number. Give us that check, and uh, yeah, go make a movie of Spider-Man. You don't have to pay overhead. You don't have to do any work. You're literally just like, okay, I'll cash that check. Um, and, uh, you go make your Spider-Man movie and you make Spider-Man cool. And then we'll start making like Spider-Man universe related movies like Venom. Venom's been doing really well. Venom's awesome. And like, you don't need to have Spider-Man. Honestly, I think Venom's awesome because Spider-Man isn't in it. Yeah. Well, Venom's going to be in a new Spider-Man movie. Um, that aside, um, hate it it already. I hate it already. (laughs) <laughs> well bro uh i didn't see carnage but the end sequence is venom watching spider-man on tv i want that 
All right, so um, in the context where like Spider-Man is losing against Venom, and Spider-Man goes, "You know what? Why don't you take me? Just have me. Just come over here." And Venom tries to, but he is perfectly uh, synchronized with uh, his host, and his host just goes, "Are you fucking serious? You slut! You dirty slut! How dare you!" And it just runs off, and that's how Spider-Man wins. <laughs> Dude, the Venom creature likes Spider-Man, but. He's kind of in a perfect symbiosis. It's hilarious. Yeah. So, um, and, but yeah, to get back on track, uh, as far as number two goes, what Marvel characters do you want them to add in the show? Um, I'm going first because I have had a decade or more to think about this. First and foremost, I know Wolverine is popular. I get it. I totally understand that. I don't want to see his fucking kids. Do I hate them? Absolutely not. In fact, you haven't seen X-Men Evolution yet, um, King, but X-23 got so popular, she got put into the Marvel Universe because of X-Men Evolution and her being on it. Wolverine's first daughter that we met. Not his first kid, but his most popular daughter. Anyways. All right, so... Fucking, I want to see people that genuinely scared a fuck out of me. What made the show cool was that the villains weren't necessarily people wearing capes or who had a diabolical, I want to take over the world plan. The enemies were racist allegories because that's how the X-Men work. I want to see the friends of humanity come back, but the friends of humanity, you know, start intermingling with other villains from the show because the friends of humanity were very very isolated well what if mr sinister who he hates the friends of humanity in general what's if mr sinister tricks the friends of humanity and he tries to get rid of them but it backfires and he gives some of them superpowers so now we've got the potential to create new enemies from old enemies also uh well Newer animation style, let's see Mr. Sinister a little bit more. Because let's not forget, no one ever really beat Mr. Sinister. He just gets his plan screwed over and then he runs away. How about we start to see female Mr. Sinister who hates his guts. And now they don't know if they want to trust him or not. Let's see the darker side of the X-Men too. I don't know if y'all have seen this, but um, there was a point in time when Wolverine and Gambit tried to infiltrate uh, Apocalypse is a uh, stronghold by saying that they wanted to defect, right? So Apocalypse tried to turn them into his horsemen, right? Meaning you're someone who's loyal to him and he unlocks, he unlocks your abilities and modifies and warps your mutant abilities to uh, the highest possible version it can get to, or so he claims. When, when he did that to Gambit, it, sh it was fucking scary. Gambit's skin turned gray black like charcoal or ash his hair turned snow white and his cards had a homing effect and they gave off a black dark shadow aura let me see if i can pull him up apocalypse gambit i don't know what he was called but i know what he looked like i mean yeah i think i think the the villains and like the the societal aspect of the x-men Comics is cool because I was like, or, or the animation series was like very interesting because like yeah you had your 
your big bad villains that, you know, you have a few episodes with them and, you know, you get to have your superhero time, but then you go back to like seeing. Okay. He, yeah. He was the horseman of death. Let me, uh, pull it up real quick. Head over to the pick dump. Boop. Yeah. And his cards look like, I believe they also could cause implosions and they were quiet. Oh, Jesus, that's terrifying. Yeah, and it's still Gambit, though. I want to see the X-Men get into a situation where they got to fight their own. Normally, when the X-Men fight their own, it's a first-time introduction. Or it's, oh, I was secretly being mind-controlled. I don't want to hurt you, though. No, 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 no. Let's have some actual fight happen. Well, I mean, do you want to make this... Do, do you want to see the animation that they're coming out with to be like an adult uh, PG-13 or you want to keep it like a kid's show because like I don't think you can get this dark on a kid's show anymore nowadays I mean yeah I don't know how shit works anymore because the definition of PG-13 and Y7 have have been fluctuating I don't know if you ever saw the uh, Star Wars cartoon on Cartoon Network but they showed people getting impaled in there they, and yeah. then they said uh, Avengers uh, Endgame was PG-13. In the first 10 minutes, Thanos gets his head cut off and blood squirts out of it. Now, there's no blood. It's so they go away with a 13 rating. There was no blood. No, it was blood. He had I green alien goo. Yeah. It was blood. <laughs> and then in, what was it, three countries, they changed the rating from PG-13 to R. So, That's like right. I said, I don't know what the current PG-13 or TVY7 is, but I would prefer they shoot for possibly 13 or get them whatever rating that'll let them swear. Just say shit or damn it maybe once or twice the season because you ain't gonna sit up here and convince me Wolverine chugging down these big-ass cigars. He can regenerate from anything and he doesn't go shit when his arm gets blown off or something like that. You know, I'm not asking him to have, you know, super violently gore, but I do want, you know, I want the show to grow up like its audience did. That doesn't mean it has to be all smutty and shit, you know, but I want X-Men. Now, I know y'all don't know who the fuck that is. X-Men. Yes, that's his actual alias. X-Men is another child of an alternate version of Scott Summers and Jean Grey. Essentially, he's Cable's interdimensional brother. Because remember, Cable is supposed to be one of the strongest mutants ever, but he has to spend his sleep and waking moments fucking fighting off the techno-organic virus that's woven itself into his very DNA. But that's how you know you're strong. When you can stop a virus from spreading, literally... By using your telepathy to stop it from fucking up your DNA. Even when you sleep. It worked on the coronavirus. True. Even when you're asleep. You keep saying that word. Probably. Um, so X-Men doesn't have that problem. In fact, in the comic, when X-Men first came out, he was so strong, his body couldn't handle his own power. By himself, he was said to be able to possibly rival the Phoenix. And when an X-Man dies in one dimension, the rest gets stronger. So you could literally go to sleep and get double your power because, I don't know, another version of you died from a heart attack. 
in another dimension. He was so powerful, he scared Professor Xavier with his abilities. X-Men didn't just have telekinesis. He had true energy manipulation abilities and he could even make constructs out of light. He literally could take light particles, which remind you, they're everywhere you can see and transform them into shit. He also, and this one scares me, he had the ability to go onto the astral plane, which is supposed to be the strongest and hardest and most difficult ability that a telekinetic person can have. He can go on the astral plane in his physical form. He could also pull things from the astral plane dimension into our dimension. And this is when he's like 20. Yeah. I want to see X-Men show up. Oh, and this last one, because, you know, uh, Fox and Sony at the time was on some bullshit even back then. I want to see Spider-Man actually show the fuck up. Here's the annoying part. The X-Men can cross over into Spider-Man's TV show back in the 90s, but Spider-Man was not allowed to cross over into their show back in the 90s. Ain't that stupid? So what they did was, because there was a foregone conclusion, they said, okay, let's just draw his arm into the thwip position and a web showing him webbing up a sentinel, but don't give him any lines. But there's two whole episodes uh, where the X-Men came over to see Spider-Man and real talk, Rogue was trying to smash. I am at Atta. Rogue was legit trying to pick up fucking Spider-Man. I think there would be a lot of issues that comes with that if you try to start like pulling in Marvel characters into the X-Men universe. Yes, but here's the thing. This is a cartoon versus live action. So the way I see it, the chances of having that crossover are a lot higher. We couldn't even get Tom Holland to be in the uh, the Marvel What If CG animated show. So the way I see it, as long as it's not live action, chances go up. Oh, and for no reason at all, I legitimately want this. I want somebody or the entirety of the Justice League to cross over. Obviously, that's not going to happen in season one. But I would love a fucking one-hour animated special of X-Men 97 and the Justice League or just Superman and Batman show up. And Gambit trying to hit on Wonder Woman. Oh, that's a bad uh, bad idea, but okay. I would love to see it. Okay. <laughs> Wonder Woman and Rogue just go at it because Rogue gets jealous. No, she doesn't get jealous. She warns him. A crossover of DC and Marvel. Mm. Which literally oh. did happen in the 90s. Oh, yeah, it did. But I don't think it'll happen. It can happen these days. In animated form, it can happen. It's just a matter of, did anybody make the call? Anyways, oh, and uh, maybe, maybe just a light Star Wars crossover. You know, I don't see the movies, but I do think it would be cool to see Luke Skywalker show up. Maybe Obi-Wan show up interdimensional or fuck it say the x-men get lost in space and eventually they meet yoda or something and they get back home you know it doesn't have to be something epic but it'll be epic by default you can't stick luke skywalker and x-men in the same sentence and not have people losing their shit somewhere on this planet 
Epic by default, you say? I didn't know it involved uh, the Unreal Engine. <laughs> uh, uh, that's good. That's good. There's so many issues that come up when you start like mixing different universes. Like, no, it doesn't. It's a cartoon show. Stop applying real-world logic, damn it. I will apply real-world logic. You must be contained. You're getting out of control. No, fuck you. If 10-year-old me can be happy, so can I, damn it. Make a fan fiction. You can have, you know, Yoda and Luke Skywalker versus Magneto. Uh, wow. Okay, and my last one, Um. well, I guess this is more for my own personal my own personal uh uh get it out of the way because everybody wants it anyway go ahead and have fucking deadpool show up i'm not even going going to details romulus your turn what marvel characters do you want to see in the new show say say first of all i want that bone dude that they showed in x-men evolution i cannot think of oh yeah he doesn't actually he exist the character uh-huh. he's based off on is Spiral. She was ironically in like the last episode of X-Men 92. Why she don't exist? Because that character was fucking sick. Uh, his name was Devin. Yeah, why Devin don't exist? Because that was like the top pick I want to see again. Yeah, um, Storm actually hard. has no, uh, doesn't have any nephews. He literally does not exist. Also, for in case you're wondering, King, he's from X-Men Evolution as well. All right, then. Then I really want that fucking... That explodey chick that was in fucking the first Deadpool movie who, like, fucking... Like, hit stuff became a bomb, basically. I don't... Know her name either. The person who was what? Uh, Cannonball? I mean, not Cannonball. Uh, Boom Boom? Yeah, her chick that was with Colossus in the beginning of the Deadpool movies, I guess. And then, like, her fucking. uh, uh, Negasonic, the teenage warhead. Yes, her. Absolutely. And her fucking girlfriend too because that just seems a very interesting inclusion because Deadpool is like pulling like every other fucking the cheap ones. he's pulling the cheap characters that's what it is mm-hmm. I'd also like fucking Domino too because her luck based abilities don't make sense to me unless implied through the sources of the TV show of how she can't actively control her powers, but if you were to give her a fucking die and tell her you need fucking seven to win, she's going to roll the seven. Basically, her abilities don't turn off. That's what you have to remember. Her abilities don't actually turn off. Her ability can't be possibly cinematic in any way. Also, uh, well, I already said it. You weren't there for that, but I kind of don't like how they did Domino. Not her abilities. I don't like 
that her fucking personality was non-existent. But on top of that, you fucking couldn't paint her skin uh, sky blue, a really, really light blue, white color. Bro, it don't take that long. Airbrush that motherfucker. She doesn't run around in a bikini. You literally could have just airbrushed her face and maybe her hands and her ankles down. But no, we had to get our token character. Shit pissed me off. Oh, what about the awful that I'm not even sure that's a real character, but the kid that was in the second movie that they were trying to chase with Cable, because he seemed like he was a pretty sick-ass character also. What did he do? What was his ability? The fire kid who fucking went to that fucking shitty-ass orphanage, and the teacher fucking abused all the mutants there. Oh, yeah. Um, I forgot that. I forgot his mutant name, but he's probably he's a real a character. He's a bad guy, active, too. Active shooter. X-Men? No, um, the actual... Okay, so in Deadpool, the kid with the fire abilities, whoever he grows up to be, that character uh, or alias, uh, I don't think they even said his name, but he wants him to be in the TV show. Uh, is that it? Nah, let's give some more screen tied to Toad and Blob. They deserved it because literally the only person in the world who would probably say some shit like that. Maybe, but they exist and you can't deny that. They even had the surprising showing in their early movies too. And even fucking... Toad, especially in the X-Men Evolution cartoon. That's how I really remember them. Can I just say X-Men Evolution was like the closest the X-Men got to some weeboo shit. Like, literally, if you're not in high school, then you're a teacher at the high school the X-Men went to. Like, it sounds like some Animu fan fiction shit. But my tiny brain didn't realize it at the time. I mean, I guess in that regard, yeah, you got it right. Because I was about to say, wasn't there literally a Wolverine anime made? Yeah, that, that was terrible. Please don't bring that up. It haunts my soul. I just thought it was kind of funny because if you stop and think about it, that cartoon probably happened because that live action made for TV movie did so terrible. And if you don't remember it, good. It was garbage. They tried to make a live action X-Men movie about how the their origin story and how they all met before they made the X-Men movie that, you know, went into theaters with Hugh Jackman. And there's too many similarities. Like Wolverine and Storm are teachers. Everyone else is a student. And for some reason, Rogue's abilities made her body take the shape of whoever she stole her shit from. So Rogue was built like a fucking NFL linebacker and shit. Well, well. Yeah. And oh yeah. And Cyclops's energy beam was blue and clear. And it made small little Christmassy jingle noises. Oh my God. It's so, it's so bad. 
that it's one of those movies where you get together with your friends to watch it just because you know you're going to shit on it. I'm just scrolling through the X-Men Evolution like images right now. It just looks like a really bad high school drama. It was actually a good one. It was? Yeah, X-Men Evolution. The cartoon, yes. But oh my God. Ugh, that other one. The one that time forgot. Oh, it sucks so bad. But yeah, um, you don't want to hurt your eyes with that. Shadowcat was cool. One of my favorite characters in that show. Bring her back. Let her space in and out of existence. Ooh, and that fucking... Ah, damn. Who was the dude in the... X-Men movie? The one where Wolverine had to go back in time to talk to young Charles Xavier. The dude who absorbed energy into the gun. How you forget Bishop? Bishop's already in the show. Well, I'm sorry. There's this, like... Animated Bishop versus IRL Bishop is animated differently. Also, again, it's like watching the Justice League. I don't remember who the fuck Elastic Man is, but I can tell you every fucking episode The Flash was in. I mean, to be fair, Elastic Man was in like two episodes. <laughs> but yeah, I get you. All right, that's it for you. Absolutely. Okay, let's see. I think, uh, was a show called Generation X? Um. All right, Uh, King, you can go next. Mm. Yeah, I mean... Uh, I mean, definitely seeing, like, new characters would be nice. Like, I like the... the character pool that was in the the 92 x-men but the the expansion of you know as much as we didn't like all the live action x-men movies that came out like the increase in the cast of characters to pull from would be really cool like uh did i'm trying to remember if havoc came up in, in the 90 yeah i think havoc came up for like an episode that i saw and X-Men in the 92 animation series, but they brought him back for the Days of Future Past one in live action, where he's like, here, I'm just going to make a hula hoop of energy and go fuck everything down that way. So that'd be, that'd be cool to see. And, um, I mean, it would be cool to get a, uh, dude with the the silver surfer the silver surfer is the silver surfer destroyer of worlds galactus is in the fantastic four with the silver surfer galactus bro his name's galactus Galactus. but you know actually galactus not a cloud yeah Yeah, like actually like get the get the galactus just dropping down on planet like hi i'm gonna eat your planet and the x-men being like how about no and then everyone oh. else in the Marvel Universe shows up. Like, that'd be a cool crossover for you, because that's, like, basically what happened in the comics. Like, um, like Every time Galactus, Galactus shows up, everyone and their mom is like, man, let's go fight him. 
Nothing we do works. Oh, oh, that's okay. We know. We knew before we got here. Why the fuck y'all show up then? That's how I look at it. Every time Galactus shows up on Earth, I'm just like, you know, you not going to hurt this motherfucker. Why are you trying to hit him? Use words. That might work. So there's literally, there's literally a comic book episode where um, they're, they're fighting Galactus and they're going at it. And you just see Spider-Man and Daredevil chilling on the top of the roof, just watching everything. Like, we can't do shit. Like, literally have no ability to do anything against this guy. So, yeah, I mean, we're just going to watch the world burn at this point. I just, um, uh, I know you haven't seen it because well, it wasn't really a show. It was half of a show. But this shit was hilarious. Fucking, um, so Galactus showed up in the Fantastic Four half of a show. Because back then, sometimes they had TV shows that were half of a TV show. And then they turned into another show. Like, it literally lived and breathed in the 90s and it never left the 90s. And everybody got their ass beat or they just couldn't hurt him. But Ghost Rider shows up, kicks his ass in 10 seconds. That shit was hilarious. Not like he's an inner, like, in, from a different universe and literally got sucked in our universe as a balancing act between life and death. Like, I'm going to keep the scales balanced. You know what? There's too many people alive. I'm going to go eat a planet. Bro, bro, uh, shit you not. This is how it worked. So, with the exception of the new Daredevil, Daredevils can show you and give you the pain and anguish you've inflicted on others. And it's multiplied by your guilt. So, remember, Galactus has eaten and consumed billions of people's energy. He's killed billions, if not trillions of people. So, Ghost Rider wrapped his chain around him and said, Hey, want to know what you did to everybody? And then he literally just falls to his knees in like 10 seconds. I was just like, oh my God, that was so funny. Because Galactus was like, silly bitch, your weapons cannot harm me. I am Galactus. I'm going to eat your mama and your mama's mama and the planet your mama own. And then Ghost Rider shows up and like, oh, okay. Well, here's what it feels like when you do that to billions of other people. Oh, oh shit. What is this power? Oh, no, it's not power. It's it's how people feel about you. <laughs> Damn. Oh, my God. He's like, hey, here's a mirror. And he just got beat by his own reflection. I find it hard to believe Galactus would at any level be remorseful or guilty about the things he's done. Well, you have to remember, Galactus is still a living, breathing being. He's just super powerful. So he still has emotions. He still has a conscience. He's still a what? person. He was a psychopath. No, he was a doctor. Oh, no, a scientist. I mean, what if, what if, like, it, in some alternate universe, Galactus was just, you know, a psychopath and didn't actually, you know, feel proper emotions? Would the penance dare even work then? Yes. And I also oh, found it. What? <laughs> oh, God. Actually, you know what? I'm adding that to the list. I want to see one of the Ghost Riders show up too. But yeah, um, uh, King was was those all the characters for you, uh, or did you have somebody else? I mean, I'm now look like now seeing the Fantastic Four. It'd be cool if they got some love and attention again, considering uh, everything that the live actions did to them. Oh yeah, they tried to turn them into a PG-13 trash fire. 
Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, every but... time Sony tries to make a Spider-Man movie, as long as it's as long as it's approved and made by network executives, not people who give a shit about the characters, it ends up being garbage. Imagine that. It's almost as if they should shut the fuck up and just pay the people to do a job that they're good at doing instead of trying to ruin everything. Yeah. I mean, just ride the cash cow until you eventually go under. Like, Disney's going to win in the end. Yeah, and the worst part for me is I don't know if the Fantastic Four... Oh, that's right. The Fantastic Four, we got lucky. Uh, Their contract was never permanent. So Disney gets to say if they're going to renew it or not. And it's like, nah, 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 nah. We're going to take that shit. And as we saw at the end of the Spider-Man, the last Spider-Man movie, they already started production on the movie. Definitely want to see see some love for... Because, I mean, the original Fantastic Four is really cool to watch as I was growing up. And then I just saw it kind of become a dumpster fire. Yeah, that's how it works. You did a good job. So here comes the network exec saying, hey, this is definitely going to get us more morning. How do you know? The marketing department says so. The marketing department is not run by people or operated by people who give a shit about what the fans think. Oh, we don't care. You're going to do what we say. But then when there's a trash fire, whose fault is it? When was the last time you've seen a uh, executive producer get fired for a bad movie? Never. I mean, it's not like you can't, like, nowadays you don't even get an excuse to make, like, a bad movie with, like, risky ideas. Just pull, just do what uh, Stonic did and be like, oh, hey, we accidentally leaked this footage. And then get the internet's feedback, go fix that thing, and then make your movie. You have now made it a controversial topic, which the internet loves. You have now received input from people who actually want to see the movie. And then you show them you have made changes according to what the fans want. Guess what? More people will show up to your movie. Fun fact. That's how we got Deadpool. We got Deadpool because Ryan Reynolds is the god. We don't deserve Deadpool 2. That's how we got Deadpool 2. We don't deserve Ryan Reynolds in our world. That man is an angel. I just like how he's not biologically, to my knowledge, related to Burt Reynolds, but he's basically the new Burt Reynolds. I'm cool with that. Going a little off topic, like the new movie he was just in, like the only reason that movie was anywhere near good was because he was in it. I haven't seen it, but I do agree, and I'm going to watch it later. You should absolutely watch it. It is the junk food of junk food action movies, and it's awesome. Literally because of him. Free Guy was pretty good, too. Which one? Free Guy. I don't know that one. No, Free Guy is the name of the movie. Came out this year. You should go see it. He's basically a runaway AI in a video game. And he... Yeah, you saw it? No, but I seen like clips of it I wanted to see. I just didn't know what the name of it was. Yeah, you need to go see that. Free Guy is really good. I won't spoil how many crossover and cameo shits they have in there, but uh, this is the closest you're going to get to Ryan Reynolds in a Marvel movie until Deadpool 3. But anyways, um, all right, so... Uh, yeah, uh, James, uh, who do you want to see show up in a new show? 
James, did you fall asleep? Because I'm not going to wake your ass up I'm if you did. Oh, no, I'm here. I totally forgot I pushed the talk. But I said, I want Spider-Man to be in, in X-Men because before, like you said, he wasn't there, which is true. Facts. Uh, oh, yeah. Also, do you know the Beyond, Beyonder or whoever it is? See, I don't want him to show up because it's just scary to think about. But yeah, I know who he is. Is that your um, only pick? Yeah, that's all my only pick. Okay. Uh, officer, did you go? Not yet. Okay. okay. Well, um, you came late. So you got to do one and two and, uh, you know, try to get through them as quickly as possible, because despite us only being on question two, we've already burnt up over an hour. Yeah. Well, let's see here. For one, I'm just going to make this real simple. I don't want it to be CalArts style or in CG. Let's see here. For number two, I've always been fond of Doctor Strange, but it would also be kind of cool to see uh, Ghost Rider as well. And, well, as we already established earlier, Spider-Man is more than a little iffy due to the woman who has control over his license. It would also be nice to see Spider-Man but I'm not expecting that to happen at all because, well, bullshit. And actually, you know, one other that could be interesting, Captain America. Him and uh, Magneto might have some interesting dialogue with each other. That'd be really cool. Yeah, Captain broke him out of Auschwitz back in the day. Other than that, uh, can't think of many others at this moment. Though, wait, no. One more. I'd like to see uh, what kind of interactions uh, Storm and Black Panther might have. Yeah, they can't show all the interactions, but I'm sure they would be very sensual. <laughs> yeah. Forever. Huh. Yeah. All right. I think that's it for uh, me for top two, though. Okay. I'm going to try to speed through these last couple questions because, again, we already burnt up an hour. But did I not tell you we could talk about X Men for days? Um, I mean, we were talking about this for like half an hour before this even started. Yeah, but I wasn't recording then. Okay. So. Uh, my two and my question two and my question three pretty much linked together so I don't really need to go over that but I will say this I didn't leave them out on purpose but I figured everyone would say it but since no one did Thanos and Eros yes Thanos has a brother in fact if you wait till the end of the movie in guard in the what is it Eternals he shows up yeah. All right, moving on. Uh, my favorite character from the show. 
Well, that's a hard one because, see, there's what puberty makes me think of. <laughs> and then there's watching them grow and have their character development in other forms of media. But then puberty. So it's really between Storm and Rogue. But I'm not going to lie. Everybody likes Gambit. And Nightcrawler. Because Nightcrawler's personality is completely and totally different from mine. And even though it is not true that opposites attract, people like Nightcrawler I meet in real life, I respect a great deal. I am not a religious person. I am not an atheist. In fact, the term I get called the most is technically a deist, I believe. But when I see actually religious people who don't treat people with different religions like piece of shit, in front and behind their back, do not tolerate people speaking negatively on them and are absolutely disgusted with the things that can go wrong in the world when humans hate each other and actively try to do something about it. I don't care if you I don't care if you would burn a church down if you knew you can get away with it or if you live and breathe in a church every single day of your life. You're trying to do the fucking right thing and I respect you for that regardless of my disinterest in your fucking religion. Nightcrawler is the person, my ironically, or the character who made me think like that. And I'm like seven when the first uh, episode of Nightcrawler came out. To this day, even in the comics, if you murder somebody in front of him, he will say a prayer and he will chastise you. Because literally, unless it's an absolute necessity, he does not want there to be death and murder. And I fucking... I know people like to say he's a goody goody two shoes character so they don't like him. First off, they have alternate dimension and alternate timelines all the way, all, all the time. You can have your own, you can have your Nightcrawler cake and eat it too. But as far as the original Nightcrawler, he's like one of my favorite characters. So is Gambit and of course Rogue and Storm because puberty. All right, Romulus' favorite character. Easy. Gambit, Storm. Magneto and Colossus. I like Gambit because Gambit was hard and he was the first person I picked up. Marvel versus Capcom 2 along with Street Fighter. <laughs> more because I feel like she had the most control because if you can control, if I can control the weather, I'm fucking shit up. I don't care. You talk bad about me and my people, I'm flooding your whole fucking city. Fuck out of here with that shit. Bro, here's the cool part. Her shit works in alternate dimensions and on different planets too. And then for the next one, Magneto, I really like his antithesis about how everybody, since we are moving along with the proper evolutionary trait things, it'd be fucking dope. The Disputant's rule, you are inferior. Now, clearly, we were blessed by God to be better than regular humans. Fuck you. I know that's like a very baseless assumption, but that, that's, that's the first thing I can think of if we're speeding through time. And then Colossus, because fucking big iron friend will give hug. That is it for me. All right, James, you going next. My favorites are Rogue, Jean Grey, Professor Xavier, and Iceman. 
I wanted to love Iceman, but as I got older, I realized they barely ever used him. The one character yeah. who made Wolverine look like a little bitch and who didn't mm. take no shit from Cyclops <laughs> with a smile on his face. But he's only in like two episodes. Just two. But also, if you remember a few things he... Oh, shit. A few things he'd been to are known as... I think it was during... When he was with Rogue's team, I think. Uh, also, the Manifest Destiny. Mm, but so far, that's all I know, because he barely has screen time than everyone else. Yeah, exactly. This, Like I said, he was one of the coolest characters. No one knew who he was. He was in all the games, but he was only in like two episodes in the show. And I'm just like... This man just bitched out Wolverine. I literally remember his introduction because no one has ever done that in the show before. Nope. Okay. All right, uh, King, who's your favorite character? I mean, I got to go with, uh, you know, Gambit, Gambit Magneto. Gambit, I haven't really seen a whole lot of content from him. Seeing him being like a main character through the the X Men series was like super cool. He's not the most fleshed out character at all times, but you know, he was really cool. And his interactions with different teammates and with Rogue are like really interesting. Like giving giving a chat to a man who like literally is like, man, I'm willing to like get blacked out just to give you a kiss, girl. Like credit to the man. Um, you know. That he gonna be like that, and then Magneto is just, um, you know, the the whole ideology, the you know him him and Xavier wanting similar things, the betterment of mutant kind, but the difference in how he wants to go about it. And I did enjoy what they did with Magneto in the in the live actions. Um, as much as we hate some live action movies, like I did like the the transition through even the remake of seeing like kind of how Magneto ends up with his goals and how it affects things. Um, and, you know, d- given different circumstances, like there's an episode, one of the time crisis episodes where you go look into the was modern day, but um, Xavier was killed off. Uh, spoiler alert. Um, and the entire future changes to where human human days of future past mutant. yeah um and magneto is the leader and everyone's just like yeah we're with magneto because you know xavier definitely has his pull when you know the world is at peace and you're trying to maintain that peace trying to you know work for civil rights but when it comes down to like hey man there's no talking anymore there's no there's no peaceful resolution in this conflict we are at war like Everyone's gonna go to Magneto. Everyone's gonna be like, "Yo, Magneto, how are we gonna fuck up these humans? Like, how are we gonna win?" Uh, Ironic, because that's literally the entirety of the final season. <laughs> nah, Magneto's always been a good character. It's cool to actually see some screen time with Gambit because I, I didn't grow up knowing anything about him, and so this was cool at twenty five to be seeing all the seeing, seeing Gambit. Okay, and I guess that just leaves... Oh, no, that's all of y'all. Okay. I haven't gone yet. Okay, well, officer, go ahead. 
Well, for me, if I just have to list one, yeah, it's going to be Storm. But if I could list three, it'd be Storm, Professor X, and Magneto. I mean, everybody else listed at least three, so I ain't mad at you. Now, um, the next one is, what are some things you want them to change or add? Okay. I don't know how many of y'all noticed this, but uh, Jean Grey has never called Marvel or Marvel Girl. She's just called Jean Grey. Even in the intro to the show, when they show all the X-Men's titles with their own font, not Jean Grey, she's just Jean Grey. And even when she becomes the Phoenix, she is Phoenix Jean Grey. Just let her be Marvel Girl or the Marvel. Just something besides Jean Grey. Because everybody here got code names. Everybody here has aliases. You're just Jean Grey. It looks fucking weird. And it's only in the cartoon. Anyways, um... That I know that seems very trivial, but hey. I also thought they just did not flesh out. Like they did not have any dimension to like Jean Grey throughout the uh throughout the animation series. Like it just did not feel like she was a very fleshed out character, a very deep character. Like it was very surface. Her job was to be in a love triangle until the Phoenix showed up. Oh, and did the Phoenix ever show up? Hell yeah, Um, she did. Yeah. Um She's she's one of the only things that could possibly kill Galactus by itself, but she would have to exhaust the energy of a lot of living creatures. Anyways, um, I want to see uh, legacy characters, or de- uh, not legacy characters, descendant characters, and I actually want to see now y'all y'all know that this has been talked about to death, but I I mean it. I want to see. Every single character who was in the animated intro from the show that never actually showed up in the show. Proud Star being one of them. Out of everybody ever, he's one of the people that got the closest to killing Professor Xavier. He literally has super speed and super strength and he had a knife on his throat. But he talked to out of it and he became an X-Men and there he is in the intro but he's never heard from or seen in the show so the way I'm looking at it I want to see all those characters show up I also want to see uh, more combat diversity hey look it's a different era you know how to change the budget have less episodes have more quality involved in them do like Star Wars Vision. I don't give a shit. Just animate higher quality choreography scenes. Remember, North American animation in the 90s and Japanese animation in general in almost every era has been better with how they dealt with animation. North America just said, screw it, we're going to go completely digital or we're going to do it old school Simpson style. No, 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 no. Here's our one and only chance so far to have a combat show that is genuinely meant, genuinely meant to have shit set up to where you could see some cool stuff. Wolverine tears through a sentinel. 
Cyclops blasts it so hard he sends it into space. Storm throws lightning and melts a hole into something. Colossus literally picks up a piece of asphalt. Like, without, with the exception of the Juggernaut fight, where everybody was throwing everything at that man, there is almost no memorable fight sequences in the entirety of the show because they don't have a lot of detail to them. Well, guess what? We can do the detail now. We could do it back then. Go hire the South Korean team that did the Boondocks or that's been, that did Young Justice and everything else in from DC Animated Universe in the past 20 years. The people with the experience are there. Go get the company that did the intro to the X-Men show in Japan. They made Beast create an earthquake with his fist. I want to see high quality fights. They don't have to end with death and murder and destruction. I just want better fights. Oh, and I want some legitimate crossovers. Not, oh, here's this other Marvel character who's in a lot of the movies. Go get the people who ain't showing up in the movie yet. Go get the Red Hulk. We know we got a green. There's also two grays. And we got a Super Hulk. And we got a, we even got a Blue Hulks. Okay? And She-Hulk. Yeah. Like, I, I legitimately want to see characters have lives. We already knew the characters have lives and relationships. I want to see them have interactions that don't involve the world ending with other characters. Like what if Dr. Strange has to do medical surgery and uh, enter mystical magical surgery on somebody who, you know, caught a magic disease or something. Like I want them to have legitimate reasons to meet each other besides the world's ending. What made the X-Men show great is some of the same things that made Justice League Unlimited great. We didn't just see them when the world needed saving. We also saw what they would do in their downtime. We had at least, I can call it at least 20 episodes in Justice League Unlimited where we saw the heroes in the cafeteria fucking around. Or it starts with them fucking around in the cafeteria or ends with them fucking around in the cafeteria. So I like the idea, and they did that in the X-Men, don't get me wrong, like when, uh, what was it, Gambit tried to teach Rogue how to drive? Oh, that was hilarious. But I want to see more of that and not just a soundbite at the beginning of the episode. Uh, and I want at least every character at some point to have one entire episode where they're the star of the main plot. As far as the main cast goes. Not just Wolverine and then sometimes people around Wolverine And of course, you know, guest star X-Men. Like some X-Men are there for a limited time because they're off in another place doing other things. Like Bobby did. Um, And oh yeah, I want them, even though I know they have to change some of the actors because they're dead. But if possible, try to get people that already sound like them. But of course, you know, have them act more like traditional voice actors instead of being dramatically animated because it is a stereotype of Saturday morning cartoons in North America to talk like this, you know? Oh, and if possible, you know, alternate dimension crossovers. Why can't X-Men Evolution meet X-Men 97? And why can't Wolverine and the X-Men meet X-Men 97 or X-Men Evolution? I want to see some alternate dimensional shit happening. Oh, and I want Kevin Feige to do a cameo because Stan Lee's gone. I want Kevin Feige to do a cameo. All right, uh, James, what do you want to see them add or change in the show? Uh, 
I know it's going to be far-fetched, but I want them to have, you know, the most, the, the more gritty of how, how, how the comments are. You know how intensely, uh, how intensely their battles work from there between that and animation. That's the only thing I want out of. All right, officer, how about you? To be honest, you took most of what I was going to say. So I can't really think of much else to add other than further reinforcing or agreeing with the points you brought up. Like, you know, I want more of an ensemble cast rather than focusing on one individual and make more fancier fight scenes. Because, yeah, they can do that these days, even without CG, especially without CG. Please, God, don't let it be CG. Yeah, you just ain't going to let that go. No, I'm not. I've seen too much bad CG. Too much. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to disagree with the guy. You're also going to go next. my soul. You're also going next. I mean, yeah, definitely seeing like more like whole, whole interactions with Charisma and the X-Men. So let's do the X-Men. Um I'll market it up with like individual people's backline stories at some other point. Um, I, I definitely like the idea of like exploring into the, uh, you know, what you talk about with like the, um, the friends of humanity, you know, and the social aspect of that, which is like, dude, we all know the friends of humanity are just neo Nazis, Klansmen, and white nationalists, but they sprinkle in the occasional dark skinned person. Bro, it's the it's the easiest allegory in the world. Like, no, it's just like yeah, that's the big thing of the X Men. It's like, okay, well, here's how we're gonna show you racism without actually like accidentally offending, you know, you know, the white man's sensibility. And I will say that as a white man. Oh, it's totally true. Like anytime a cartoon show or a TV show mentions some terrible thing that is topical to real life. Some news pundit or fake news pundit gets online and says, TV shows are being too sensitive. I don't want to hear about this stuff when I'm watching a TV or a sports show. I'm like, hey, dumbass, um, no one's forcing you to watch it. So just shut the fuck up and leave. But nope, they want to stay there and bitch. But this is a nice, you know, the X-Men gets a nice little workaround. Like, oh, no, 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 we're not, we're not talking about, like, racism, like, as racism normally. Look, you have... You have people of all ethnicities hating the mutants. You know, it's it's okay. You're they're inclusive to anyone but mutants. But you know, the, the intellectual person, um, you know, you're gonna see the the the, the very si the similarities and the verbatim of just hatred towards these people. Um, and the and the media coverage, like the the scenes where you have like the media coverage covering their friends humanity like look at what the mutants are doing they're violent they're angry they're attacking people yet the entire city is in a riot from the friends against humanity but media spun it now nah, the mutants do it the mutants are causing the issues I, it is like that's a big thing with the x-men i feel as like that's where they get to take um that's their little corner being able to do stuff 
Um, it's not just big villains saving the world, actiony stuff. Like it's fighting uh, social structure. I I don't know how well that's gonna like hit nowadays. Is the thing like obviously it's still something that goes on, but it's not something that's. Um, I I believe that things have gotten better since the '90s in terms of that aspect. Yes, like, I know there's actually a and- chance if you murder someone who's innocent and a minority, you will actually go to jail. Surprising, right? Yes, um, in this country. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like I said, it's definitely saying that's it's not gone away, but I think I don't know how much it's. Maybe maybe it will hit as much, or maybe it won't. Um, now nah, I kind of get your guys' opinion on this. I've grown up very sheltered. Well, it's not only that you're watching it as an adult, but um, to I know what you're trying to say, and I first and foremost, uh, not even just as a minority, but as a fellow American, I appreciate your intent. But you're right, and I want to see more of that added too. But it goes without saying because that's how the normal script is. The way this show was made, they indirectly show children why racism and othering was bad static shock did it too static shock literally had a race war fight in the beginning of an episode once like static shock and x-men this specific version can show people why it's wrong to be an elitist or selfish the only thing they didn't cover was being sexist but hey uh it might come up in the new shit. I don't know. And on top of it, shit like that was going on behind the scenes too. Fox literally did not like the idea of having female leads in the show. It was a fight just to get them in the show. There's a whole documentary on it. That shit even happened with fucking, um, what was it? Avatar. They literally said, oh, you can't make the new Avatar a woman. Because girls, because uh, boys won't watch the show if it stars a woman. You know how fucking stupid that is? Really? Yeah, really stupid. Yeah, like corporate, like I said, corporate bullshit. They're, they think that if they listen to a marketing person, they're the only person in the room who can be right or that they're never wrong, but they're wrong all the time. Um, now, I know y'all didn't play this game and, you know, this isn't female empowerment by any stretch of the imagination, but Bayonetta, the game. I played it. It was made by Platinum Games, but it was published by Sega, right? They literally gave him development notes when they saw the game. Almost every single time he showed them a demonstration or a preview of the title, they told him, Bayonetta can't wear glasses. Don't make the main character wear glasses. She shouldn't have glasses. Bah! That was like for no reason other than, oh, we think this might sell less. Not, Not actually having a good reason. So he literally gave every character who had a speaking line some form of glasses because of Sega pissing them off. Like there were characters who didn't have glasses. They didn't have a need for glasses. And he gave them glasses because they pissed them off and to prove a point. Bad respect for those life choices. Yeah, well, it's like you're a you're a barely, barely double digit million dollar company. Why in the actual fuck do you care that in one of your games, the main character is wearing glasses? Shut the fuck up. Yep, it's bullshit. It's it's ableist. Yeah. Like, you're giving somebody authority who doesn't deserve it. So, yeah, uh, anything else, King? 
nah, man. Just like I definitely like to just continue those points and get more time, like the X Men doing X Men things and it's a social economy. And like I would like it to get dark, like like just like you were talking about earlier. Yeah, like, there was so much potential, and then like Fox told them, oh, no one's allowed to actually die. Morph was supposed to actually die. Like I want to see Wolverine use his claws because like I'm watching the whole cartoon the whole time. Like kids show. It's a kid's show. It's a coach show. I'm just watching Wolverine stand in front of somebody and like backhand them. I'm like, you have claws. Just just straight through their neck. Come yeah, on. Yeah, I was like saying, I'll, like, I'll, we, I'll we almost watch. never even see him get to use his regenerative healing factor ability. I watched I watched Hugh Jackman like middle finger knife through someone's head. Okay? We'll be fine. Fucking <laughs> like 90s kid show. Yeah, and then X-Men 2, that was when it really got dark. He literally inflated this girl with adamantium liquid. And that was after he chain stabbed her like he was punching up on a punching bag with his claws out. I'm like, bro, bro, this show came out. If you if you were one when this show came out, you're old enough to drink. But more than likely, you were five or six when this show came out. You're old enough to rent a fucking car. We can handle some shit. I mean, I was born in 96 at the end of it. I'm 25 now, man. I'm just going to put that in perspective. Exactly. X-Men came out. The animation came out four years before I was born. Motherfuckers be almost 30 now when this came out. Yeah. And then, like, Invader Zim, like, not even, I want to say three years after it ended, went to places no one thought you could do with a Y7 show. This motherfucker took people's brains out. It was making squishy noises. He would replace entire arms and eye sockets with robots and shit. There would be goops everywhere. Like, Invader Zim was technically kind of dark. Yeah, but it was funny. And they had a laughing green guy. And uh, And I'm like 10. It's a kid's movie. It's funny. Just ignore the fact that literally you have human dissection on the screen. Exactly. So, like I said, the, what what constant and then depending on the country, what constitutes child safe differs. But we could talk about X Men for a millennia. Um, is there anybody who didn't do the final topic? What are some things we want to change in that? Oh, Romulus, did you go? Me. All right. I did not. Lay it on us, our final speaker. <laughs> uh, okay, let me check notes. Uh, yeah, make the Dark Phoenix saga good. You fucking retards. That's it. Damn. He went there off the bat. Well, uh, this is a talk show. And like any good talk show host, I cannot tell you guys what to and what not to say. But uh, that got savage real quick. So for those who aren't sure. What I've seen it to, three times. Yeah, they fucked and it up. Each time is terrible. Okay, so for those who didn't read the comics, don't worry, I didn't either, but I know the play-by-play. So, the Dark Phoenix Saga is when the X-Men learned, well, they didn't so much just learn of the Phoenix, but the Phoenix started first possessing Jean Grey, as it's meant to be host. But here's the thing. She didn't always have the control that she did, as we all know. But instead of just being a douchebag to her friends, ho, 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 no, no, no. The Dark Phoenix, when it took over Jean Grey, killed an entire planet with billions of people in under 60 seconds. 
an entire planet. I mean, they showcased that a little bit in the uh, in the animation. They just didn't have it as a populated planet. Exactly. 60 seconds. Shit, Omni-Man will be jealous. Did it sound like he had like some type of musical device going on in the background? A little bit. I mean, do you want me to gaslight you or not? Anyways, so when that happened, people flip shit. And I'm including in the real world because in the comic, there was practically no punishment for her doing that. This is one of those situations where a character does something and it's meant to show off the depths of their power. Right. But the editors didn't like that. She can't just kill that many people and get away with it. Scott free just because Scott Summers loves her. So essentially they made her very, very suicidal. And also, I believe it was not the Shi'ar Empire. It's either the Shi'ar Empire or the Galactic Federation. The one that's run by that dude, um, the Superman allegory guy. I can't remember his name. Oh, um, uh, Omega, uh, Supreme. Yeah, I think his name is Supreme. Um, that's when he first shows up in the show. He's the purple, uh, the purple skin dude with the mohawk. Yeah. She blew up a planet that was in his jurisdiction and under his protection. But all of that kind of sort of got retconned in because literally Marvel didn't like the idea that this motherfucker wiped out billions of people and essentially didn't even get in trouble for it. So that's when Jean Grey became the chronic suicidal type and also, uh, you know, eventually having her character killed off. And showing up like once every five or ten years. Like, it's weird. Jean Grey technically was dead for a very, very long time. In the real world. But in the comic world, you know, it was possibly not even a full year. Shit's crazy. Like, she wasn't in an, an actual series as Jean Grey. I think from like 2009 to 2018. And she would only show up in certain arcs. Or in certain pages, in certain arcs. But it wouldn't be her. It would be an allegory. It would be a dream sequence. That she, she was legit dead for a very long time. But yeah, um, with that being said, um, I might I might separate this part and make it its own little mini video. Because it's not on anybody to fucking watch the whole thing from beginning to end. Uh... To the people who are going to be animating this show, number one, thank you. Number two, I wish you the best of luck because despite how the show looked and how many other things were animated better in South Korea and Japan in the same era, you're taking on something that has a very deep and precious legacy of meanings to many people. I've met people that literally told me they grew up in a racist family, but they learned to not be racist just from watching this show. So I don't know how you're going to make this show look, but I want to say this. Please consider, please consider showing the fans how it's going to look and just asking or letting us vote on. Do you think you like this format 
or should we move on? Or possibly consider giving us multiple options. Because there's a difference between a show failing because people don't like it and a show failing because people didn't want to watch it. And I know there are situations of shows that are somewhere in the middle, Cowboy Bebop, but I honestly, I want this show to be as thought provoking as it is in this day and age and also 10 to 20 years down the line. This is one of those shows that I can promise everybody in this chat room is going to want their children or their children's children to watch at some point. So if you can just keep up the quality of writing, especially for a kid's show, and if you can improve on the animation, you can keep your audience. Young people have been spoiled, if you technically, and I use that very loosely, with uh, Japanese cartoons. Because the way the characters move and animate automatically outshines for decades, I'm sorry, eons now, everything that North America has done in-house. With the exception of stuff like Invader Zim, which is a completely different off-the-wall art style. Or, if possible, consider having multiple art styles occasionally make appearances, and don't be afraid to have guest key animators and animation directors and three-dimensional people to make background stuff to help ease the project. You have the wealth that is Disney's entire archive of resources, and you could even go and get the Marvel What If staff if you wanted to. They had people recording the lines for that stuff before the first show was even made, before the first episode was even made. So I wish you luck from the bottom of a fan's heart, but I also am extremely cautious because I don't want people to blow this stuff off because they think the animation style still looks too old or the characters don't move well enough. There are plenty of people who grew up on this stuff who would love, love to get the chance to do key animation, to do cover art or illustrations relating to this. And I hope you utilize the entire wealth of resources you have. And I'm gonna tell you right now, I am going to review the hell out of every single episode. So at some point in time, you're gonna be hearing from me again. And I want to say nothing but praise. Also, if you're not sure what to do with Allison Court, um, how about you bring Firestar to the X-Men? Have her play Firestar. She has the perfect amount of, I don't know, I sound like a teacher and I can annoy the fuck out of you, but make it sound polite type of voice that could easily fit Firestar and her character. Because apparently she's not going to do Jubilee. All right, and welcome to part two. Don't worry, there's not a change of topics. We're just having more people answer topics. I might even just edit this part out and make it seem like one seamlessly flowing thing once I get this in my editor. That being said, today we're joined by he whose X-Men knowledge is without equal, just like his fucking hair. A one, Rye of House Guy. Yo, 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 what it is, what it do, what it be, what it see. I don't, uh, I got nothing else. <laughs> I'm very tired, <laughs> but very excited. 
So many paradoxes, so little time. And of course, here comes our newest challenger to the fold. You know him, you love him, and if not, he can out-meet you any day of the week. Deathclaw, the god. Hey, what's going on? I'm going to try not to get drunk this <laughs> Damn. <clears throat> I mean, tis the season, technically, but still, it's kind of early. All right, so uh, you guys already know the topics, and the audience already knows the topics. This is what I like to call a splice-in, where I'm editing in people who weren't able to make the original date of publication or editing into the final version. So, with that being said, uh, start from number one and work your way down to the end, right, guy? All right, well, first of all, what kind of animation style do I want them to use now? Uh, I would... Uh, it, that's a tough ans- uh, question to answer because um, on one hand, I would very much like to see something true to the original series, uh, though even that took a change by the last season, uh, like last season and a half or whatever it was. Um, so I'd like something similar to that, like something in like the the Jim Lee, Joe Madureira-esque uh, style. But at the same time, part of me also wants to see them, like I've been waiting sort of patiently to see them do like a uh, CG animated X-Men series. Like it's one of the few things like a lot of the other series have gotten like, like there was uh CG Spider-Man and uh, CG other stuff. But uh, I've been kind of curious to see what uh, an X-Men CG series might look like today. But curious though I am to see that, I think for something like this, you have to still go with hand-drawn uh, and something uh, resembling the original air, uh, heck part of me wouldn't even mind if they like did like a, just a full screen aspect ratio as opposed to like, uh, current widescreen, but, uh, just, just to maintain that error of the original show. But at the same time, I, I realize they got to keep it, you know, somewhat modern. So, uh, as long as it's something hand-drawn, uh, something in that style of like somewhere between Jim Lee and Joe Madureira, like I'm, I'm down. Um, as far as Marvel, Marvel characters that aren't necessarily X-Men that I would want to show up. I don't know. They, they didn't really, even in the original, they didn't really bring many non X characters. Uh, if, if anything, a lot of them would be just like a quick uh, dialogue list cameo. Uh, like you'd see Spider-Man swinging through a storm, saving somebody. You wouldn't even see him. You would just see his hand web somebody up. Uh, or I think there was Doctor Strange in one shot and then like the Fantastic Four losing power. Uh, you know, or wait, was it them or was that Excalibur? I might be thinking of Excalibur on that one. But uh, anyway, so I feel like it would be, you know, Primarily characters that are relevant. Uh, I wouldn't even mind seeing them adapt something from Avengers versus X-Men. Uh, that could be interesting. Just bring the Avengers in and maybe like sprinkle it throughout the series. But then, you know, have like the season finale or something be straight up Avengers versus X-Men. Something like that would be uh, uh, entirely agreeable to me. As far as X-Men that I want to see debut in the show. um as far as new characters, I wouldn't mind seeing uh, X-Force finally brought into the fold. Excuse me. Um, 
And they introduced a couple of them. They they introduced Cannonball, but it was like nothing compared to what he's capable of. Uh, and we saw, I believe we saw Sunspot in uh, that episode where uh, it, it was like a literally tale from the past. Literally, Sunspot and Spiral and a few other X Men show up in like the last two episodes of the final season as like background characters. It's fucking bullshit. Well, Spiral has been there in a bunch of Mojo episodes. I really want this. I mean, if we're talking about characters that really got to be in there, I got to see Deadpool, especially because we have Colossus and... Oh, yeah. For, oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, and when I'm saying X-Force, though, I'm talking like 90s X-Force. Uh, if we're going 97, let's go 90s X-Force. Uh you know, they brought in X Factor and like that was like the only side team they really brought in uh, properly. Uh, here, I would like to see straight up Cannonball, Cable, Sunspot, Boom Boom, uh, Warpath, Shatterstar, uh, Feral even. Sure, let's let's get her back in there. Um, well, I mean, she appeared in the season in the series finale and I, and Oh, and she actually appeared in a couple of the, uh, Genosha episodes. Now that I think of it, I think she, but, I um, think she was also in, uh, that other team too. The one with havoc. Nope. That was, uh, that was Wolf Spain. Ah, yeah. Common mistake. Sorry. Uh, cat common mistake. Um, but yeah, so, and that was X factor. And so, yeah, that was the only other team that got explored there. And, also, um, not a new character, uh, but uh, let's finally delve into Cyclops and Havoc's relationship. They teased it, but they didn't actually explicitly show that, you know, that was his brother. Um, but yeah, the, the, the most they did was they uh, had them use their powers against each other and be confused that they didn't work. And I was waiting for them to delve into that more, and they kind of didn't. So anyway, though, uh, so that's like the main one. And then like uh, like Deathclaw said, uh, Deadpool, certainly like we saw a couple glimpses of Deadpool uh, in like Wolverine and Sabretooth flashbacks, uh, the, the way that they like to just show heads of characters be like, yep, this character exists. You know, who knows what they do now? But uh, um, obviously, Deadpool, like as he's appeared in any animated uh, appearances thus far, uh, would have to be toned down a bit, uh, obviously. But like, but I trust them to be able to do it effectively. More than likely, though, probably going to go into a filler episode, in which it's just going to be a gag episode throughout the whole episode, seeing how it's Deadpool. And- this oh, is probably this is uh, North American cartoon. It's not really a filler concept, but what I think because this. Deadpool has come up before, but I didn't think about it then. But what I think about it now is that I think if Deadpool shows up, what's going to happen is he's going to beat everyone's ass and he's going to say, hey, be thankful this is only a PG-13 rated show. And then he tells them to run off or something. That would be fucking hilarious. I mean, if it's PG-13. Like, be thankful this PG-13 rated show. Otherwise, I will go Ryan Reynolds on your ass. That would be fucking hilarious. They are allowed one episode. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I feel like it'll be if they're keeping the original spirit, it'll probably be the equivalent of like PG as opposed to PG thirteen. But yeah, 
like somewhere it, like the content would be somewhere in between but uh uh i'm trying to think what the rating thing is for that tv uh, is that e or or there uh, isn't one the, the is old equivalent that the, we had the old equivalent about. yeah the old equivalent of tv y7fv well, here's the thing. That's the thing we had a conversation about, and that's uh, and it was actually something we acknowledged. It, it doesn't; those definitions are fluid, but even the even if they're hard locked, X Men is in a weird place because first and foremost, uh, I don't know how much it is. Well, you noticed it because you were older than me when you watched it, but I the first time I experienced or saw the concept of cheating or a love triangle shit was literally with Wolverine always trying to go after Gene. That's not no kid shit right there. This dude is literally trying to smash a married fucking woman. Now, I'm like five trying to register and process this shit. But now I know for a fact in this day and age, that, that they're not going to get that no Y7. It might get a PG-13 uh, or whatever else goes under it for violence and shit. But, you know, this, this show is going to be more mature by default because it'll be acknowledging its maturity. Because back in the day, let's be honest, if you were a little kid, you didn't notice, it didn't occur to you that Wolverine is trying to steal a married woman or a soon-to-be married woman from his literal supervisor. It's just, ah, Wolverine's cool because he can do what he wants to. Hey, he likes that girl. He going to try to date that girl. No, he was trying to do a lot more than that shit. Now, I need a refresher on this because, I mean, I haven't watched a show in years, but, uh, Okay, well, here's the short version. Um, Wolverine is obsessed with redheads, whether he wants to admit it or not. And no, Jean- I, know, I know about the love triangle. I know about the love triangle. I'm just saying, weren't they teenagers or were they college age? Evolution, which in that one they were like high school slash college age, but uh, no, the original '90s cartoon they were adults. Okay. Jubilee. He's thinking about he may be thinking about X-Men Evolution, which is ironic because X-Men Evolution had a live action show that was basically the same concept. And everybody who was normally on the team were teenagers, but Scott, but a Wolverine and Storm were grown adults and they were teachers at the school. And X-Men Evolution somehow basically took that same concept and didn't suck at it. It's, it's fucking hilarious. But, um, no, we're talking about Saturday morning, 1992 era shit. Ran from 92 to like, uh, 97. So yeah, they were adults at that time. Yeah, everybody was, everyone was grown except Jubilee. And Bobby just acted like a kid. Yeah, in in his appearance. What was that? The girl that can face through shit. What was her name? Kitty something. Shadow Cat, aka Kitty Pride. Yeah, she was uh, yeah, in she, the show. She was in uh, Pride of the X Men, which was a uh, bro. He a he uh, teaser, that. like a, like a, a pilot they made for the show that n- they didn't end up going that direction with the show in the end. Uh, but yeah. Uh, man, uh, but Wolverine speaking of though, that would be somebody accent. who. What was that, Zach? I was just like Wolverine with that Australian accent. I'm actually oh, yeah. kind of sad I lost it. Dude, I had that on a VHS. I that, still do. Don't lose it. I think it's worth money. And then, uh, 
voice actors or are they bringing in new talent or I don't know, is Wolverine still going to be voiced by the same guy or are they bringing Hugh Jackman? They they have announced already, uh, like along with the show, they straight up announced that most of the original cast is coming back. They've got Cal Dodd as Wolverine, Chris Potter as Gambit. Uh, like pretty much everybody that isn't dead is coming back, except for they they just announced uh, recently, like straight up the original voice actress for Jubilee has publicly said that she feels that somebody uh, like actually was was that from two years ago? Because it was a relatively new. No, I'm uh, saying she said it again. She also said it two years ago. She people asked her, hey, would you do Jubilee if they brought it back? And she said, no, um, I feel like they should have someone who's actually Asian play the character. And I've been saying for years, OK, that's cool. Make her Firestar or since, you know, she hasn't been introduced in the show at all. Go and make her fucking uh, Kitty Pride. I still say Firestar is a better a better uh, per, a better choice. But Firestar was always heavily with the Avengers and has little interaction they may be able to make her Captain Marvel because Captain Marvel only was in like three episodes and only had like two paragraphs of lines. But real talk, you know, I feel like they're going to do something else with her. Yeah, like I could see them bring her in some like I, I feel like they wouldn't bring her in as a regular role because that would be confusing to uh, folks possibly. But yeah, and thing is, and that's part of what's funny is with the original show, I never knew that Jubilee was Asian until like a decade or so later. Here's what tripped like, me out. Uh, like this, and yeah. this shit is weird. I'm sure you've heard of the Majesty of Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. So when you think Final Fantasy VII, who you think is voicing Yuffie? Uh, I immediately think of, uh, I, I keep blanking on her name, but the, the girl who played uh, Ruki on, uh, or Arika rather, on uh, Digimon Season 3. No, it was Christy Carlson Romano, of all people. They didn't even try. It, are you talking in uh, Remake or in the Advent Children or what? Well, they, I, and that's also a weird one too. They, again, went for another white woman for Yuffie in uh Remake, I'm talking about having children. Is Christy Carlson Romano. Okay. I, I always thought it was, yeah. Anyway, well, I, yeah, I always thought it was the girl who played uh, Rika and because that's what she sounded like too. And it was who I like always immediately like would have cast her as that. And I thought it worked really well. But I mean, yeah. given it, given credit where credit is due, you gotta admit that certain voice actors have such a good range oh yeah for sure and uh and that's and that's part of the thing with uh the discussion about like oh how authentic should voices be because at that point there would be like almost no white anime voice actors because all the characters are supposed to be asian generally speaking no anime is anime is its own situation but i know what you're talking about because that's actually been a thing that entertainment has had a problem with in general but the thing is is that we don't know who is and who is not going out of their way to purposely not try because as i i think you may be well aware uh nepotism is fucking rampant in texas and california but more specifically when it comes to voice acting nepotism is almost a fucking hallmark of the industry 
So, so if remember when it, comes, when it comes to My Hero Academia, you got to say plus ultra in the most Japanese American accent you can say, which is plus ultra. But on top of it, when anything is translated from another country, it is not expected, nor is it beholden to try to get a one to one accurate representation of those characters and those and people to sound exactly like those actors or to get people of the same ethnicity unless it involves an accent or it involves by being bilingual. But in the case of North American cartoons, that's a whole nother can of shit because studios were going out of their way to a not draw dark skinned people. And also two, if they did show up, they would be stereotypes. And this is after the era of racist cartoons, just being allowed to be as racist as they were. So that's why it's, it's a very weird situation. North American voice acting African-Americans are practically never cast. And no, it's not because they weren't applying, which I don't know how the fuck people still think they think that that's even a thing. But basically, it's almost guaranteed that if your character is dark skin or is of African-American or African descent, they will go and try to literally get an African unless it involves Japanese anime cartoons. In which case, there have been many people who played African characters, Indian descent characters and are 100% Caucasian. They are not beholden to that because it's from a different country. And even in the original country, they didn't just have those people laying around and it's a voice. However, in North America, we're North America. We have systemic nepotism problems, let alone racist problems. And I'm not saying racism is involved in this situation. It's more like obliviousness mixed with nepotism. If you got a show with 50 characters, but you only got 20 people playing those 50 characters, that can be viewed as a problematic. However, at the same time, studios can bullshit and no one can prove or verify the bullshit unless you magically catch somebody off guard in an interview or something that may or may not have even been recorded. And it's still true. In fact, uh, I know you don't play the game, but one of the most re popular characters in recent memory for Dragon Ball is a character named Android 21. The motherfucker didn't mm -hmm. audition for the job. Literally. That's only a problem. It's only, it's only a problem when I stop drinking. Anyways, um, the motherfucker didn't audition for the job. They didn't hold an audition. Literally, uh, Christopher Sabat, who tries to get uh, a lot of the Japanese stuff or stuff relating to Dragon Ball to go through his company because he just wants to get extra money off of it. Okatron 5000, he said that, oh, I'm just going to have one of my interns do her voice. Straight out. That's what he said. No audition, mm -hmm. no nothing. But at the same time, it is a thing. I think, I don't know if you call it cold calling or cold casting, where also characters are trying to, are casted rapid fire in succession based on randomly reading a line with very little context given and then they're picked so they're who, who they are and what they look like wasn't even a factor but by doing that you create the problem of people who are trying to work in this industry not being able to get into the same doors because of nepotism but that's a case-by-case -case situation and that's why I say it's some of the most confusing and complex shit. Because if you're recording in a studio that doesn't have a history of nepotism, every actor who you have come in, you have them cast for a role, even if they're a, a you know a regular in the studio. Who's to say you're not going to get the role based on how they think you feel and how you sound? Also, 
when Japanese directors who aren't even voice directors or even actors start picking cast and do cast direction for the English speaking, they often themselves will not even pick their own ethnicity. Crazy to think about. Mm-hmm. So that's why I say, you know, I understand where you're coming from and I can understand what Allison was going for. But at the same time, it's a very weird situation because Capcom, ironically, she used to work for them all the time. Capcom has been doing this shit since day one. Ada Wong has literally never been played by an Asian woman until she was in that Paul W.S. shitty movies. Every single voice actor of Ada Wong was either a redhead Caucasian woman or just wasn't Asian. And Capcom chose that. Hey, at least let's uh, let's give credit where credit's due. This thing did cast a mostly Asian cast for uh, Shang-Chi and uh, Ten Ring. That's completely unrelated, but I do like that. And I just rewatched it again last night. Everything about that movie is good till you get to like the tail end of Act 3. But I digress. Um, Yeah, that was just... I do expect them to be in the new X-Men movie because we got to remember that it's the mouse... Or, I mean, in the new X-Men show, because, I mean, we got to remember that it's the mouse that's in charge of it. So they're going to throw their fucking IPs into that show. Kevin Feige makes all the decisions. Um, But what I'm... Did, but yeah. Does he make the decisions regarding the animated series? That one... Uh, in this case... That actually may be possible. Uh, long story short, because I know I'm, I'm taking over your question. Uh, Kevin Feige has a parliament, and he literally calls it the Marvel Studios Parliament. But... Even before that parliament, two or three years ago, if not five at this point, Mar- Disney gave him complete control and authority over the entirety of the Marvel department. So he is over technically everything. However, he doesn't oh. fuck with the comics because they're the comics. So when there's a TV show, he's involved. When there's a 3D show, he's involved. When there's a cameo, guest star, crossover, he's involved, he's involved, he's involved. So is it a lot like uh, how they... You cut out. Hello? Death Claw. So pretty much it's like how uh, Dave Filoni has a uh, has a say-so on everything that he directs with Star Wars, more or less. No, that's different. They still haven't got rid of Kathleen yet, um, so he answers to her. But Kevin doesn't answer to nobody. He just has to show what he's been working on, and that's it. But he also has a parliament. But the parliament answers to him. So literally all decisions are because of him when it relates to anything that's in a video format. The editor in chief at Marvel determines what happens in the comics. Um, and that's about it. All right. But yeah, my bad. I wasn't trying to overtake your question, but we could literally do a whole entire podcast on this whole voice acting thing because you go to enough animu conventions and they'll tell you point blank. They fucking it's filled with nepotism and they don't even care. They don't even try to hide it. But on top of that, you know, a lot of these companies want to use the same studios. So you're going to hear the same actors if the same studios is using the same people. I get that. There are new people who come up or who have bit roles and then they grow into bigger characters. But also, depending on how somebody feels who did cast direction, because it's almost never the actual studio who made the Japanese stuff and was even involved with the process. They literally are going to just cast their homies. And that's the definition of nepotism. Yeah. And actually, uh, just real quick, and then we'll get back on topic here, um, just regarding the voice cast, that's actually one of the things that I've been looking at as being potentially fascinating, uh, because 
Uh, one of the problems with the original series, as far as like, like they had that big uh, crossover episode with Spider-Man that apparently was super fucking expensive because all the X-Men voice actors were from Canada. And so getting that, like now they're going to be, they've already announced uh, some of the new voice cast that'll be joining the show, like Jennifer Hale, who I'm pretty sure is uh, American. What's that? She's not new. She was in the original one. There were two Jennifers in there. It was Jennifer Hale and Jennifer Dale. They just announced Jennifer Hale as a brand new addition to the cast, so I don't know what to tell you on that. They straight up announced her as a new I addition. I could have sworn both the Jennifers were in the show originally. I don't know who the other Jennifer is. Jennifer but, uh, Dale is the one who did Mystique, if memory serves. Oh, uh, okay. Um, yeah, in, in the... the announcement where they announced that like all the original cast is going to be returning uh they straight up said that yeah jennifer hale was going to be joining the cast as you know as a new addition but like so i'm curious now if they're going to keep it primarily in canada or if there's it's going to be like a fair blend of like canadian and american like all recording uh remotely or what the situation is going to be with that so that's going to be uh pretty interesting to see um so to finish answering uh, the previous question, though, so so X-Men that I still want to see debut. Like I said, I still want to see X-Force. I want to see a proper Excalibur. We we did get Nightcrawler. Well, we still haven't seen Shadowcat in that entire series, which was surprising. Um, and then uh, also, if we're going 90s, let's go full out. Let's see Marrow. Let's see Maggot. Let's see Cecilia Reyes, you know. Um Maybe even like a cameo by Adam Extreme or some shit like that. Like, you know, if, if we're going to go all out, like make him a joke if you want to, fine, uh, or or do something actually cool with him, uh, which some people would see as an impossibility, but still. So that's pretty much who I would uh, want to see in that regard. Oh, and also uh, f- like a proper Marauders team. Uh, of villains for the X-Men to fight. We we saw Vertigo and that was about it. Like the Marauders are one of the most iconic X-Men villain teams. Like, let's see that shit. So, and then as, and, and slightly related to that is I'm not sure what they're going to do as far as the main cast, if they're going to just keep it the original eight members plus Professor X uh, that were in the old series, or if they're going to bring in a couple additional uh, characters. Uh, like, I would personally love to see them add Nightcrawler to the main team, but uh, who knows how uh, they do uh, that whole situation. Um, and also, I'm guessing they're going to keep Cyclops along, along but, but recast him, which that's going to be a difficult uh, voice to recast right there. Uh, if we're looking for somebody that sounded similar to Norm Spencer and his energy, like, I don't know, like, uh, oh my God, what's his name? Uh, the guy who played Angemon on, uh, Digimon, Doug, oh my God, I'm completely blanking on his name. Uh, but yeah, like somebody like him would be a solid replacement for the voice of Cyclops, uh, if they do that. But I also have seen it requested, like, you know, keep that original voice clip of previously on X-Men. So. So as far as uh, that goes, that's my answer. Favorite character, I think we all, anybody who knows me knows it's Gambit from from that original cast. And then also it made me very happy that Gambit and Nightcrawler were on 
green a bunch when Nightcrawler made his rare appearances. So, and hearing that Chris Potter is coming back as Gambit, like that makes me very happy. He stepped out. Well, he became, his appearances became very rare in the last couple seasons. And then in the last season, they straight up recast him. Uh, so it's very, uh, it very much does my heart good to see that uh, Chris Potter will be returning as the voice of Gambit. Um, finally, some things that I want them to change or add. I think that pretty much was covered, um, you know, just bringing topics uh, in previously, uh, where like I wouldn't mind them adding some characters to the roster. Like I would, again, love to see them add Nightcrawler. Uh, to the main X-Men roster, but I don't know that that's necessarily going to happen or if they're going to just keep it the core eight that were in the original show. They have Beyond a better that, budget. I'm pretty sure they're going to be adding characters. Mm-hmm. It is possible, but also it's a matter of like, I'm sure they also don't want it to get like overloaded because it, it already was a pretty big cast. And then, uh, if you bring in too many new characters, then it's like, oh, who gets like any kind of attention and uh, does it become like completely overloaded? And, you know, it, it, it's bad enough, like even with a movie when they have like three villains as opposed to one that they focus on, then it becomes like, oh, it's, it's overloaded with stuff. So here you have eight X-Men plus Professor X. And if you're trying to add more to the base roster, then like, holy shit, what happens? Like there's already, there were already so many episodes of the old series where like you would see characters gone for multiple episodes in a row. Uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, they focus on them in the next episode after that or something. So, I mean, hell, even Beast. Beast was in the opening credits for <laughs> the entire first season. And yet he was in like four episodes probably. Because he like got arrested immediately in the second episode, and then like made a couple cameo appearances until the season finale, and then became a regular. So I don't know. Um, beyond that, uh, other things to change or add, I don't know. Uh, I don't know that there's a lot that I would want changed per se. A lot of the like the voice cast that they did back then was like perfect for everybody that's the voices that i hear for pretty much everybody except maybe cannonball uh i feel like cannonball was really lame compared to his potential um beyond that um the music was solid uh i don't know that i really want that changed um i don't know i i want wolverine to still have his fucking smarmy uh, comebacks and uh, uh, Gambit to still refer to himself in the third person. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't really know that there's a lot that I want changed. Uh, there's And there's plenty to add uh, just in terms of all the characters that we've already mentioned. Literally the uh, one person I did not think would blink on that. Holy shit. Hmm? No, nah, I mean, you were the one person who I honestly would never thought would have said that. To not change anything? Yes. 
I, I, <laughs> why would I want it changed? I loved the original because thing. Because it's still outdated in some terms and aspects. There are so many things you could have said, but as you know, I don't get people on here to be an echo chamber. I like hearing differences of opinion. I'm just shocked. Me, I loved the original product. There's a reason why that one is still my favorite compared to Evolution or Wolverine okay, to be fair, and the Evolution didn't even have a fucking plot in half the episodes. They literally just showed up and they had a plot based on the episode. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, a fair assessment of that one. Actually, here's what uh, here's what pisses me I, out. How is it that Cerebro can detect mutant DNA? Right, is, yeah. that's all it's supposed to do. But it knows not only where they are. Okay, I get that. GPS. But it knows their full name and the fucking outfit they're wearing. That shit creeped me out. Isn't Cerebro pretty much a uh, supercomputer that can... No. It's just the GPS locator for DNA. But in X-Men Evolution, it was a lot more than that. That shit was well, literally invading your privacy. Well, it was basically Jarvis. Or well, and that's well. That's the thing, though. It wasn't necessarily just the computer itself. It was it was an amplifier for Professor Ex X's yeah, powers, or yeah. for any psychic's powers. Yeah, it was supposed to give him super amp. But at the same time, I'm like, yo, Professor, you can just show everyone the motherfucker's face. Why do you need to show what the fuck they're wearing? I mean, also, I, mean, I, I don't know. Do you want Professor X showing so everybody stupid. their wiener? No, no, no! Like, like going to Cerebro and all that shit. Go now, there. You're in the middle of doing nasty. You you're, fucking go you're there. You're a mutant, right? You're in the middle of doing nasty. You're a mutant. Oh. Professor X decides to do the fucking Cerebro shit, and next thing you know, he's watching you do the nasty with your significant other. Oh yeah, well, and especially considering a lot of mutant powers manifest uh, during puberty errors, and especially during like moments of like extreme, like whatever. Extreme emotion, extreme activity. So yeah, holy cow! That, yeah, that, figure out how there are all these healers that exist in all the entirety of the Marvel world, but no one thought to say, "Hey, can somebody go and fix the brain damage Cyclops has?" No one thought to go and say that. Well, we gave Wolverine his entire memory back with magic, but we can't go and fix Cyclops' brain damage with healing. Well, they well they did actually, but then they kind of forgot that they did. We're gonna yes, go Rita. into that when this podcast is over. I feel like this series. The the, sh the short I mean, version is during Joss Whedon's run on Ast Astonishing X Men, they straight up established that uh, because Cyclops hurt people by accident, he made it a, like a conscious choice that like he either fully controls it and you know or like loses all control and lets the power out and so for a while he like straight up just didn't have his optic blasts until he chose to let them out and then he like had control and then like they the next writers immediately forgot that they did that and uh it was never touched on again so he still has uh, the brain damage uh, essentially i feel like the uh i feel like the uh x-men series as a whole does my man scott summers wrong man well, yeah, they do. And it's actually been acknowledged because Scott in the Saturday morning cartoon show and Scott in the comic books don't even recognize each other. The closest you get to an accurate Scott, ironically, is Wolverine and the X-Men, where Scott is being complete and total dick to Wolverine. But to be fair, hey, the motherfucker earned it. That being said, uh, all right, Deathclaw, it is your turn to go through the topics.
Oh, uh, actually, bef- real quick, if I may uh, add to that, that actually brings up a good point, though, regarding Cyclops that suddenly made me think about his costume. And as far as anything that I want them to change or add, I don't know that I want them to change those costumes. Like, there are more modern costumes by now. Get rid of the yellow underwear. Mm, uh, I don't know, man. I, I That look is fucking iconic to me. And even Wolverine, like... I personally prefer Wolverine's costume that he got starting with Joss Whedon's run on Astonishing X-Men. I, I prefer that version of the costume with like the more blue accents, but I, it might betray the whole identity of that, that era that of that show. So we maybe just keep Wolverine with the blue undies. So, uh, so just yeah, the have costumes, a fucking time skip or have it to where, they decide to alter their outfits because they're going to go to some place and they keep the new outfits. Everybody wins. Yeah. Some, some sort of reference like that. Sure. But otherwise keep, if we're, if we're straight up calling the show X-Men 97, keep those costumes as nineties ass as possible. For the first so. few episodes. All right, go ahead. Deathclaw. For all of them, unless they change. All right. The to begin with, I love the show growing up. Having to wake up at seven in the fucking morning, just to watch it. And I haven't watched I think it. it aired at like 10, didn't it? He's not <laughs> from the same place as you and me, bro. Okay, that's fair. That's fair then. All right, as far as Marvel characters go, like I said, the mouse is fun in this thing, so we're more than likely going to see cameos from Kieran's. Bro, did you, you know. completely miss question one? No, no, no. I'm excited. But, oh, the style, the style, the style. Keep it the same. I wouldn't change it. I like that style. That animation style, it's it's just... It just screams 90s. I'm sorry. I love that style. And I wish there were a lot more um, cartoons nowadays did the same thing, but, I mean, everything's round and puffy and just lazy compared to what it used to be. But um, skipping over to uh, the Marvel characters, like I said, the mouse owns it. We're gonna cameos of um, of Marvel characters that we've seen in the MCU. More than likely, we're probably gonna have an episode with um, Thor and Loki causing some mayhem, and the X Men having to fix that shit. Then I still want Deadpool in there, because I mean it's fucking Deadpool, and in the comics, Deadpool was a well, I wouldn't say a main part of the X Men, but you know he he was there for a lot of stuff. A lot of comics, especially the uh, the X Force, and you know, seeing the X Force again that 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 makes it awesome. Same with Kitty Pry, bring her back. Shadow Cat would be amazing for this shit. I mean, that goes into uh, question three as well. I mean, Kitty Pry should be one of the few X Men that show up. I mean, even she, if she's a teenager, she's starting in the Xavier Academy. I would love to see her. I mean, her character just in general is something that I truly enjoyed from the newer X-Men. It would be kind of interesting to see Shadowcat as, like, returning, like, kind of visiting as, like, the original person who was in the position that Jubilee is in now and give Jubilee sort of, like, a new, like, like almost like a big sister or, like, a mentor type character like that could be kind of interesting wait you're talking uh peter parker 
and Miles Morales type of mentoring or it's uh, from, what kind of maybe mentoring? something like that like I don't know like just uh like see like maybe see why Kitty Pride left them or whatever uh like al- almost like a not quite necessarily Nightwing <laughs> leaving Batman levels of whatever but like you know, seeing like what made one teenager leave the school uh, and see like what that, I mean, we I guess we kind of got that with Iceman in his episode, but uh, I don't know. Grant, if Kitty Pride were to show up in that way, shape or form, I feel like it'd be more along the lines that she just wanted to live a normal life, not, you know, be burdened with the fact that she has to save the world twice a week or the whole week or whatever, you know? Yeah. Because, I mean, when it comes to X-Men, I mean, you got that, you got people trying to live a normal life and not be prejudiced against. Or, you know, they don't want humans to be prejudiced against them and stuff. But yet they're doing the superhero feats and nobody acknowledges that. It's still like you mutant bastard. You know, sort of like a Geralt of Rivia in a sense. And I know you two motherfuckers have played the game. So you know what I'm talking about. But um, besides Deadpool, Kitty Pride, maybe Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch. Those would be an interesting addition to it. Especially, you know, if they decide to go the route that they are bad guys for. Maybe half the season and then they switch sides like they did in the comics. Yeah. Well, I mean, they did bring Scarlet Witch into an episode uh, of the last season, uh, ex- exploring her and uh, Quicksilver's relationship to Magneto, or maybe it was the second to last season. But yeah, I mean, High evolutionary in that whole mess. Like, oh, oh, by the way, that's one thing, real quick, that I do not want them to change. Do not make fucking Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch not mutants. Don't do that shit, please. Just keep keep it simple with that. Maybe establish Polaris as Magneto's daughter, but otherwise, yeah, leave that be. Didn't Polaris and Scott Summers hook up in a in an X Men comic run? Not to my recollection. Her and Havoc uh, are uh, notorious, like on again, off again couple. But uh, her and Scott, not to my recollection. I'm pretty sure I read somewhere. I, I, I'm pretty sure it was probably like an alternate universe Scott or something like that. Like somewhere where it wasn't wasn't involved. I don't know. the The only uh, connections that I know for Polaris are Havoc and Iceman, and then they teased like a possible attraction uh, with Gambit over the years, and then like almost paid it off in X Factor. But then, like when she, he kissed her, she fucking slapped the shit out of him. <laughs> but wait, yeah. was someone for us in the show? I I, I can't remember. Emma Frost was only in the uh, Dark Phoenix episodes where uh, she used her psychic powers to uh, corrupt Jean Grey. And I kind of want them to keep Emma Frost as a villain. I don't want them to bring her in as a good guy, but I also understand they could go, oh, that's another addition. Bring in Generation X. Like that could be somewhere to send off a Jubilee to or something or you know, show another new generation of things. I just don't want to see the new mutants. That's all I care about is not the new mutants. I, I, oh, I never liked new mutants. That, X, uh, X-Force is great. Generation X is great. New mutants is lame. But yeah. I will get into that. And I mean, I'm going to go, go for, for it. I'm going to go for my favorite character into what I want changed as well. That'll be like a thing. 
Because my favorite character is and has always been Scott Sun. Okay. If you were going somewhere with that, you uh, cut out. I said, um, Scott Summers is my, um, yeah, my favorite car, my favorite character, you know, style clubs and shit. Yeah. I've always liked Wolverine, but in the show, I felt like Wolverine was just a dick that, you know, like, like a bully to Scott Summers. Like, I, I always kind of reflected myself onto Scott Summers as, as a kid growing up and shit, you know? Yeah. And, and I know that on a comic run, Emma Frost has always been a, a love interest for for Scott Summers in a sense, and I yuck. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of want like a um, Catwoman slash Batman type shit. You know, I, I could almost see something like that. Falls in love with the bad guy type of thing. You know. Yeah. And I mean, Emma Frost does give Jean Grey a run for her fucking money. It'll probably make her, you know, understand that Scott is the best thing she has. And that will mean that we get cable. Because hmm. cable is the uh, the child of uh, Scott Summers and um, Jean Grey. Yeah, and they, uh, oh yeah, speaking of establishing the relationship between Cyclops and Havoc, uh, if they could go just full on, like, directly address Scott and uh, Cable's relationship. Like, they, it, that was another thing where they teased at it, but they never really, like, went on straight up like, yeah, you're my dad, you know, whatever, so. Fucking reverse Luke Skywalker and... No, Scott. I am your child. Yes. <laughs> that could actually be kind of interesting. Yeah. I mean, usually, though, I'm, you got all this stuff. I mean, you still got Magneto. You still got a lot of villains that haven't been introduced. And yeah. I would like like a team up with the Avengers. That, that would be interesting X-Men and the Avengers. Yeah. Yeah, again, I would love to see, um, like, sprinkle seeds of them, like, encountering each other, maybe at first, like, getting along, but then, like, seeing little jabs at each other, uh, and then, like, lead into straight-up Avengers versus X-Men. Like, that would be great to see. Um, I mean, not to mention, if I does show up, I want voice by uh, Robert Downey Jr., and I want the fucking sarcasm from the movies. And I, ironically enough, now that I'm thinking about it, considering Cal Dodd, uh, aka Wolverine, if I'm not mistaken, he also was the voice of Captain America in that episode of the X-Men animated series. Correct me if I'm wrong on that, but like, considering how we were talking about appropriate casting for the show, straight up having like one of the most Canadian actors on the show, like playing uh, fucking Captain America was pretty amusing. What do you mean? Mark Hamill was Hawkeye, Zax. I'm sorry. I'm reading the, the text out loud, but uh, yeah, I just saw this. as Hawkeye, well. I don't recall ha Hawkeye ever being on the X-Men animated series, unless you're talking about a different animated series. Iron oh, Man. in the Iron Man show. 
Oh, I did not know that. Near to that, but I mean, Mark Hamill has pretty good range. Oh my god, that just made me think if they're going 90s animated series route, like, oh my god, if they bring in the uh, event, uh, Avengers United, they stand fucking armor suits for everybody. <laughs> if they bring in that version of the Avengers, that would be kind of hilarious. I don't want it to happen, but it would be hilarious. It would be hilarious to watch just Iron Man show... Iron Man showing up in his um, golden golden uh, granny panties iron suit. Mm. Me personally, I would want to see the uh, the oh, I was about to say the era that of Iron Man suit that I want to see with the big gauntlets, uh, and that brings me to another character that I want to see in the show. I, I can't believe I forgot this earlier. Fucking onslaught. I want so very much to see Onslaught in this show. Okay, I would pay to watch that. Fuck yes. I, I would love to see what they could really do with that in the anime space, knowing what people didn't like about it in the comic series, and so that you you would know what they could fix for the animated version. So. But, I you did. know, yeah, granted, you know, we, we got all these fucking Marvel characters. It's It's a big thing. However, if they do add existing um, existing Avengers and stuff, more than likely, I feel like they're probably going to cast whoever played in, in the movie, you know? Just because of familiarity. Besides those soul fuckers, you got all these young kids that, you know, whenever they think of Iron Man, they see Robert Downey Jr. Whenever they think of Thor, they see um, Chris... One of the Chris's, I get, I get them mixed up. I think it's Chris Hemsworth. Hemsworth. <sighs> so, is that it for you? More than likely. I mean, really, I'm excited for the show, but. I don't want to count my chickens before they hatch type of thing either, you know? It's um, it's something I want to see and, and see how it plays out because really we can't predict the future. Personally, I think that they're going to bring in shit from the MCU, you know? We'll probably see Shang-Chi. We'll probably see some of the new Avengers. We'll probably have Spider-Man show up now that uh, Disney owns him ish maybe have a Simba uh, show up maybe have who who show up a symbiote oh a symbiote okay I, I thought you said maybe have Simba show up I'm like how Disney are you looking to make this <laughs> <laughs> oh my god oh and they could put references like that in the show at this point i mean even the old show had some references to pop culture and other stuff uh like they had one where they straight up plowed into a set of a show that was like power rangers meets barney so guardians of the galaxy fucking star lord gives people a wookie as a gift so the potential is there all right with that being said i appreciate you guys for showing up star lord shows up though Going to that, 
because now, now you got me thinking. Sardis shows up. I want him to call Wolverine a Wookiee. I mean, I think he might say that about Beast. Hey, guys, it's a Blueberry Wookiee or something like that. Um, <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> yeah. All right, with that being said, uh, definitely appreciate you guys coming. If y'all want to continue the conversation, that's cool. And uh, we will more than likely have a whole nother X-Men related podcast. I'm not going to pretend this is a one of, but I will see you guys when I see you guys.